I'm Vader Van Odin, and yes, this time I am doing the intro, Clifford. <laughs> I'm doing it as a treat because you're away today. Uh, poor Clifford is, is busy and can't join us, but we are joined uh, by, as usual, the lovely Jeremy Greer. Say hello over hello, there. Hello, hello. Hello. And doing, we've got a, a guest uh, joining us. He's Was this the third or fourth time, Sean, that you've joined us? Mm, I think it's the third. Third, yeah, that sounds about right. And so, yeah, we've got, obviously we've got Sean, the Law Hunter, is joining us because Dark Souls Three dropped this week, and we've got some stuff to talk about. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what's the uh, what, what's what's the weather like in New Zealand today, Peter? Um, well, it's still very early in the morning. With time changes, now it's seven thirty in the morning for me. So I've gone Yikes. recording times changed by two hours for me. <laughs> Um, so it's sun's still just coming up, but it looks like blue skies ahead. Nice. How about it's you? hot as balls outside in Louisiana. So, yeah, <laughs> like, it's just humid and hot. It's been raining constantly this week. Yeah, I don't like humidity. What about you, Sean? Is it snowing where you are? <laughs> no, it, it, is, it is nice in Vermont. It is about, I think it's uh, 55 today, so it's about as warm as it's been for the last few months, so. Not bad. Very nice. <laughs> um, well, i got to try and ch- check what that is in, in Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what, what does that sound like? Uh, does it just... sound like I'm uh, catching on fire to you, or does it sound like I'm freezing? <laughs> I'm not good at this conversion thing. Yeah, that's uh, 13 degrees Celsius. Oh, wow. For those who prefer a better way of measuring temperature. <laughs> Hey, it's not better, it's just different, man. Not better, just different. Hey, hey let me explain it. Zero is freezing, 100 is boiling for water. <laughs> that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, what is it, like 30 is freezing or something for you guys? Yeah, 32. Yeah, so it just, just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it makes perfect um, sense. It's 32 degrees. It's just as hard to, to remember zero as it is 32. Like, I'm, you know what, we're not going to have this conversation. <laughs> I've got no justification of why America is like different from the rest of the world, so we can just we can just keep past it. Because <laughs> um, America, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on with only we've been uh, what eyeballs deep in Dark Souls this week, so we have no idea what the rest of the world has done. Uh, the world could have ended as far as I I, I know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. My wife asked me like, did you are you up on the presidential election news and about this and this and this? And I was like, no, not at all. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Has a Ren Phantom invaded the the, the news? No, nope. so not interested. Yeah, um, not interested. So the only news that I could come up with is the Neo, the Onimusha Souls-like game that's coming out later this year, has uh, was it? What did they call it? An alpha demo. So not yeah. Quite... The uh, they said it was an alpha demo, which 
I mean, the, the way they're putting these words together, it's like, hey, have this bottle cup or have this, <laughs> you know, pencil pen. Like, it's just like two words that they're sticking together. But there's going to be some version of the game that's playable on PS4 in between um, da, 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 April 26th and May 5th. So that's a pretty cool. Like, I, I, I've seen the demo of that stuff, and I'm it looks kind of interesting, and it looks very much like a Souls game, but I, I don't know how much I'm kind of, like, really enthusiastic about it. Hopefully the demo will sell me, though. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty keen. Um, I like the look. How about you, Sean? Yeah, I've I haven't I haven't checked it out too much besides uh I think it was like E3 or whatever. But I've I've heard I've heard Souls like I you know as far as the uh, the look of it, it looked interesting to me. It's uh so I'm I'm definitely gonna check out check out the beta and hopefully uh, click with it. Yeah, and if you play the beta and finish it, you get uh, free DLC for the final release. Called the Mark of the Conqueror. Um, no idea what that um, entails. <laughs> it's something. Um, it's probably like a nine dollar hat that your character can wear. Yeah. And actually, that, that, actually, if it's the uh, King Jeremiah hat from Dark Souls One, you might have my attention on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is on the PlayStation Network, I believe. Is it? Is it an exclusive? I, think I the know demo. the demo is, but I, I don't. I don't think it, the game is. Um, I don't even know who's making that game. To be honest with you, it's. Uh, it's. I did know. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's some company that you that. Oh man, I don't want to fact check live on a podcast, but it's go look it up. You just go search this out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, we thought that was Souls related <laughs> news. We get then there, and also that just reminded me. I saw a trailer for the um, Lords of the Fallen developers' next game. Uh, which is a sci-fi Souls-ish game, and it kind of looks like sp- sort of Space Marine, sort of aliens, spaceship setting. Oh it's yeah, Souls, yeah. Lords of the Fallen. Type did you fighting. hear? Did you hear about the drama with this though? No, I didn't. Because Lords of the Fallen was going to get. Wait, is this the Lords of the Fallen sequel, or is this the one, or is this because the publisher of Lords of the Fallen took away the sequel from the developers and gave it to somebody else? So, like, uh, the people that made the first Lords of the Fallen aren't going to make the sequel to it. <laughs> wow. It didn't do a great <laughs> job. But, uh... Yeah, that game's going to be... <laughs> so, what they've done, obviously, is... I think it's... The thing, I'm pretty sure it's the same developer. They've done a sci-fi version. Um, so, it's kind of, like, futuristic. Um, and, like, you've got, like, a chain sword. Kind of, like, from Warhammer 40,000. Um... It, it looks alright. The the combat's a little bit too animated for my liking. Um, rather than your mm-hmm. Souls one-for-one kind of reaction, it seems a little bit more animated, like Lords of the Fallen was a little bit. Um, but it, it, it could be cool. I've said for a while that I'd be keen for a, a Souls scythe, like a different, completely different setting, like the Souls formula, but in a completely different outside of your fantasy world, like into like a yeah, sci-fi or something different. So this might. Yeah, yeah. Everyone always says sci-fi souls, and as soon as they say that, I immediately go back to Dead Space One. Like that was to <laughs> me, that was like that's the best Dark Souls sci-fi game I can imagine. Like the combat was like real visceral. Like it was the weapons you were using were kind of fashioned from the stuff that you found, so they were relatively limited. Like all that stuff to me was just really really cool. Nice. Um, I still never actually tried that one. I only even tried three. Oh, dude, three was is a garbage heap, man. I, I couldn't even finish it. I love Dead Space one and two; they're massively different games. But uh, like three, I, I couldn't even get more than a couple of hours into. And I yeah. think Dead Space one is backwards compatible on your uh, Xbox One now. I might have to check oh, yeah. it out. Um, 
but yeah, so it's it might be worth looking into the game. They might have learnt a few things from I can't remember what it's called. To be honest, sorry, I will try and put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've said actually, bef- it- I've said before that I, I wouldn't mind a Star Wars lightsaber Dark Souls mechanic game. <laughs> Would be kind of cool. See my my guess like all of the weapons in Dark Souls act like light- lightsabers anyway. Like if you hit somebody with the sword, it just passes right through them. So <laughs> just, I guess in this time it would just have to get cut in half. Yeah. Um, people always say that it's old Jedi Knight games. I think the sequel they had like really cool PvP uh, with the lightsaber mechanics and stuff. And um, I, I fell into a YouTube hole looking looking at that stuff some, one day, and it is fascinating. Like it's obviously very dated, but like it looks like it would have been very very cool if I'd gotten into it like when it was when it was out. Nice, maybe they need to do a yeah revisit and bring some P- PvP back for Star Wars. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, or just a decent Star Wars game, and that'll that <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a waste of money. Yep. I'm a little bit unhappy that I bought that game. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, mean, really? I I bought it because it was a game that I that um my wife was interested in playing and I, I I love to play games with her when when our tastes cross and it has multiplayer and she liked those games as a kid I liked those games as a kid and then it came out and man they just they took away everything I liked about it you know just no classes it was just it's been brought up to modern standards but that's not why I would be playing a Battlefront game so. The uh, I played the Alpha, Beta, Omega, whatever the hell they released <laughs> on PlayStation Four, and uh, the visuals were incredibly oh, impressive. Yeah. Like it was just like super smooth, and it sounded real good. Mm-hmm. Like it almost had me hooked on that alone. And then like I would just get killed from off screen. I had no idea what I'm doing wrong. So I was like, yeah. eh, fuck this. <laughs> I'm, not, yeah. I'm not worried about this. Exactly. Um, I guess before we get into big Dark Souls stuff, um, I just want to mention that uh, I started a magic-only run of Sword and Sorcery, um, and I did it in New Game Plus, so I had like all of the spells from the beginning, and I really thought that this was going to be like a super easy, breezy run, so I was like, I'm going to do like uh, four hours, and I'll probably be finished with the game, right? Like, just thinking I could get into it out of it. It's actually surprisingly hard, Um Vader, I know you did a magic run. Um, yes. Did you ever go into new, to new game plus at all in SNS? Uh, yes, but that became super easy <laughs> because I was already oh, really? I was already scaled for magic. Um, oh, and See, I, I had ho- a lot of problems with like just the normal mobs. Like like the bosses weren't as much of a tro- as, as much of a problem, but the normal mobs would just one shot me. Of course, I was in I wasn't wearing heavy armor or anything. I was in new light armor. So the- it is the same with the new game plus for me as well. I just don't get hit <laughs> because yeah yeah that's <laughs> just mount- but um the enemies become quite a bit tougher. Like the bats, mm-hmm. which are like starting game enemies, you kill one shot pretty quickly. Um, and you gain plus, I think it's three hits on my sword um, to kill them. So that kind of shows you how much they ramp up. And obviously my sword's a lot better <laughs> by that point. Um, like five times stronger than, than when you first start the game. But the bats still take two or three shots because um, the yeah the hit points is ramped up drastically. But um yeah, I, I had already a few spells that you hadn't found yet, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Dragon Fire. And it just yeah, destroys. I got that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you finally got. You did get it. It destroys yep. bosses. Like I've got a video showing how OP magic gets. Because the first playthrough, I struggled, man. Like, yeah, Cliff and Jeremy will tell my ranting on on uh, on Discord or Twitter. 
Direct direct messaging. But because I'd get to bosses and they'd be like, no, it was easy. (laughs) I'd be like, what? Um, Because you start off. That game is definitely scaled for um, big swords. Big swords, big fuck off (laughs) weapons. And you know, I should have taken that lesson to heart with Dark Souls Three, and I'll get into that later. But I, I should, yeah, just go big swords. Big fuck off swords are the way to go. Um, but I'll have that. I'll have the first half of that playthrough on my YouTube. Uh, I streamed it online, so it's just the archive from Twitch. So the video quality is not great, but it's uh, you know there. But I'll have that on my YouTube pretty soon if you just want to check out how all that works. I know Vader has a bunch of SNS stuff on his YouTube as well, so we'll put links to that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and this week, I'm actually writing down the word "show notes" on a piece of paper, and I'm going to <laughs> write down what we're saying we're going to put in the show notes. Boom. <laughs> um, I noticed you said swords and sorcery before when you were talking about Southern Sanctuary. <laughs> Was that intentional? No. Sword and Sorcerer is a totally different game. I'm sorry. I just got that in my head. Uh, well, you're, you're right. We're sword and Sorcery about... is a really cool game, but yeah. We are talking about Swords and Sorcery. Um, but yeah, magic get, gets ridiculous. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. I, yeah. I meant I Salt and Sanctuary. I don't know. Yeah. Too much Dark Souls this week, guy. I, I, haven't, I, haven't been, I haven't done anything else. So, like my my communication skills have dramatically been <laughs> degraded. You can only speak in so, um, soapstone messages. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So your Soul and Sanctuary character, just to clarify, Jeremy, you you finished the game as a sword character, and you've used that character to go into sorcery. Oh no, no! I, I spend all of new game with. Uh, just I filled out the magic tree basically. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. Yeah, so I just I did that. I had a melee weapon, which was it's one of the, like the it was like the first I don't even remember what it was. The first some sword that it didn't even scale off of magic. It was just a sword that I could use. Um, but I, I found myself not using that. Once you get a little bit into that game, like you get to the point where you can once you start getting your uh, energy vials, where you can refill your stamina, so you can cast more spells. Like I didn't find the need to have a melee weapon except for there's only like there's like three enemies in that game that are just hugely magic resistant and one of which is the enemy that spawns with your salt if you happen to like fall and die from falling damage for whatever reason that dude is like extraordinarily resistant to magic so you have to <laughs> i just switched to a melee weapon then but that that was pretty much the only one yeah um yes it's like yeah exactly exactly how i i found it the first like third of the game stru- a huge struggle to get through mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, um, you start unlocking magic. You get to a certain point, and it just starts wasting things. They, they just do this thing where, and a lot of games do this, and I, I really don't like it because I like to run magic builds so much, where they hide the cool-looking magic at the very end of the game. Like That's why I wanted to do a new game-only run, so that you could see this stuff in the early game. But like, I mean, it's what's not the there. point of hiding? Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, the magic, the big magic covenant is hidden at the end of the game. Like, I, I wish it was more open to get well, that stuff early. Like, let me get that, let me go to there early if I have to, like, conquer a challenge or something. I don't know. I actually, I still never have found the, the magic covenant. <laughs> I missed it on my playthrough because it's so hidden. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, dude, it's, 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 it's behind the worst platforming section in the entire game. It's not even platforming, it's like miracle working. <laughs> you need some serious <laughs> faith to get there. <laughs> it's like the uh I don't know why I'm thinking this. It's the uh, mirror's edge of Salt and Sanctuary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Assassin's Creed parkouring. <laughs> exactly. You're a kind climb, climb um, the Eiffel Tower. 
And then the other, the only other game I played last week uh, is a game called Enter the Gungeon. Are you guys familiar with this at all? It sounds familiar, bit. but never played it. Yep. So it came out on um, PSN and PS PSN and uh, Steam. I don't think it's on the, uh, Xbox One yet. It's a uh, it's a top down roguelike bullet hell shooter, um, which is kind of a weird thing. But you pick a character, and your character has different weapons and abilities and items and things like that and you go into a dungeon or in this case a gungeon because the game is just has a huge gun fetish <laughs> um the enemies you know it's 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 not quite twin st- it's not twin stick shooting so uh, but you're using the right stick to aim on a basically a 2d field think of binding of isaac it looks kind of like uh, doesn't it yeah it has a it has a bit of that style i actually i was having this conversation on twitter with um a friend of mine saying I like the art style of Isaac better because it's more distinguishable. Like, you can kind of read everything on the screen easier. But the aesthetic of Isaac is full of, like, dead babies, poop jokes, like, that kind of stuff. So I much prefer, like, guns and, like, knocking over bookcases. But uh, the game has this really interesting bullet hell thing. So the enemies will shoot, like, these huge waves of bullets at you that you have to dodge. And you have... uh, a dodge roll that you can that you can do, which is really really cool. So you can dodge through something, but you become vulnerable at the end of it. And then you can go around and like flip over these tables to use as cover throughout each room. And it's just like it's just really fun to play. Like once you get into the groove of like dodging, flipping up a table, killing a dude, turning around, killing another dude. Um, I didn't get to play a lot of it before Dark Souls Three came out and just basically ruled my life. But what I played was super good. Like I could, I didn't get past the second boss. Um, but I was I was having a lot of fun. The soundtrack is amazing. I mentioned on the last episode when they asked somebody asked us about our favorite music, like groups that we like, and one of mine was Dose One, and he did all of the music for this, so it's super wow. cool. Nice. Um, I might I might put a little bit of the music in the in the episode just to like 30 seconds or something so we don't get flagged on on SoundCloud but so people can know what the fuck I'm talking about But yeah, it's a, it's a fun game. It's, it was like fifteen bucks on PSN, and so go go check out a YouTube video and, and see if you like it. Um, I, I bought it just on the strength of the music alone, but I ended up having a really really good time with it. And it, I, I have a feeling that as I'm doing PvP and stuff and getting frustrated in Dark Souls Three, I'm going to be switching back to this to you know just blow off some steam and then switch back. <laughs> so. Yeah, and all the little enemies appear to be bullet shape. Yeah, yeah, like, like there's shotgun little shotgun shells. shells and little bullets, <laughs> and all of everything has like this. There's a huge book. Um, that you can call the Ammonomicon. <laughs> so if you want to go look up your items, the book like comes up on the screen and like somebody shoots the side of it and it pops open. Like it's <laughs> it's really neat. Like the, it leans into the whole gun thing a, a whole lot. I, I really like it. At one point, like I got a um, the guns are all really weird too. Like I got a laser that would reflect off walls, and I've got shotguns. I had a uh, at one point I had a camera flash that I couldn't figure out how to use. So there's got to be like a trick to that or something. So like there's all kinds of weird stuff in there that's a lot of fun to to play. Well, it sounds yeah, a lot of a lot of Isaac in there with the Vera variety. Oh yeah, there. yeah. And it seems like there's like item synergies and stuff like that, like you would expect from an Isaac. So if you get a particular item when you have a particular gun, like it changes the output of your gun to be more powerful or weirder or whatever. 
So nice. That stuff's pretty fun. Um, but that's the only two things that I, I really had to mention because I don't know if we've talked about Dark Souls 3 before, but yeah, we do probably. That's pretty much what I've been playing this week. <laughs> what about you, what about you Vader? What, what have you been doing? What did you do in the week we were we were absent between the last episode and DS3? Um, I've been waiting for a... Uh, an Xbox exclusive because I got, as you all know I got an Xbox for Christmas and been hanging out for more exclusives and they've all been delayed uh, <laughs> but I managed uh, Quantum Break was released the a, full, a week before Dark Souls um, 3 was but the stupid courier didn't deliver it for like 3 days it was supposed to uh, appear on, on release day on the Tuesday but it didn't turn up until the Thursday um, so but I still managed to finish it <laughs> <laughs> I just went nuts and just like finished it in the one weekend um, and I, it's really good I've heard that there's like a lot of mixed things about it it's it's a really good game like the gameplay is not fantastic but the, the story is, is pretty cool um, and I really like it's the one that there's live action after every each act there's a live action episode um, and they're, they're determined by a choice you make in the game so there's actually you could go play it again and, and have a different completely different outcome and different sections of the live action which is kind of cool um, it's the first like a lot of games I've always people talk about getting immersed in games I play a game and it always feels like this is a game level this is the first this is one of the first games I've played where it's kind of like it actually felt like a real area is that I don't know, yeah like it actually felt like I was in an area that I was supposed to be in not just a game level does that make any sense <laughs> Yes, it feels like a, an actual place in, a, in the real world, as yeah. opposed to just like a series of uh, like waist high <laughs> yeah. boxes that you can put and put yourself in a cover in. Yeah, and I, I really felt like it was an actual proper area. Like I was, you start off in a university, and it kind of like yeah, this feels like I'm here in a place rather than just yeah. So I, I, I've been I was very impressed. Um, as I say, there's been very mixed reviews and thoughts on it, but. Um, it tells its story it was quite engaging it's all about time travel and I, I got pulled in and, and was eager to find out what's going on and at the end you're just your mind's going hold on time travel how does this work okay like <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but that, that's that's the nature of time travel it's you can never argue um, I actually have debates with my wife occasionally about when shows do time travel wrong I'm like no that's not how it works you can't you can't do that <laughs> um and she's like, just shut up, it's in the show, that's how we decided it works. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know, you've got an Xbox there, Sean, have you thought about picking it up, or...? Um, yeah, it hadn't, it hadn't been on my radar, really, and it's um, it's nice to hear your thoughts, because I did listen to the, uh, I, think it, I think it was Giant Bomb, and they weren't, they weren't totally down on it, but um, they... Uh, uh, I'd be curious to see what you thought about like the uh, the TV show portions because uh, at least for the, the impression I got is that they weren't too into it. But I'm also like probably a little more down for some like sci-fi looking like sci-fi channel looking stuff. So I was just wondering the quality of the uh, the episode portions. I I thought they were really actually quite well done. Um, one of the main characters um, and that's kind of. Um sort of an antagonist but um mm-hmm. he, he a bit of an action man kind of character i thought that his his action scenes were pretty cool um the quality was really good like it streams like when you get to them it actually just streams it um yeah. you, you can download a 75 gig episode pack 
<laughs> Which means you can holy you... shit, seventy <laughs> five gigs. Yeah, what is? What uh, does it come with? <laughs> um, well, that's the thing. I thought it actually come with extra episodes you could just watch just as anyway. But no, then when I downloaded it, I downloaded it, and then I realized that it's just... That means you can play offline, and you'll still get the episodes you meant. There are... I I don't know how many there actually are. There's four as you play the game through, but each, each act has what they call a junction, and you get to make a choice. Um, and it's not a choice as your main guy. It's actually a choice as your kind of opposition. You're the bad guy in this in the in the sequence. Um, he makes a choice and that determines what happens. And so I don't know if the first one you make that, that will obviously determine which episode live action episode you get of the first one. I don't know if it's branching and that in the end there's kind of like six um, like twenty. Uh, 32 options I don't know how many does it get if you got four <laughs> um, I don't know I, um, so I don't know how it all fits yeah I have to go back and test that because I only managed to finish it once but there's at least eight because there's branching paths but I'd imagine that decisions you make in the first one would have to be different in the next branching options in the live action yeah. because someone, someone may have died someone may not have died or someone might be beaten up or yeah so um, yet, yet to test it out but so I'm imagining there might be more than just your four uh, eight episodes because it's 75 gigs but the quality was really high like even streaming it was really crisp really clear high definition quality um, video um, it was not it was reasonably high production but there was like special effects like the guy was driving a car and like the bullet was getting shot at and the bullets were just clearly CG because there was no bullet holes and when he's pulled at the end the car was still perfectly fine um, <laughs> they use they use time bullets, <laughs> so it it actually hurt the car in the past, not the car that was in the scene. <laughs> well, that, that is an argument you probably could use. <laughs> but um, how does the uh, how does the gameplay break down? Like, yeah. is it just stri- a straight up cover shooter or? Um, yes, but with sweet time powers, which are kind of fun. Um, okay. It's not so perfect. That stuff, like, I, yeah, I want to I want to hear about like how that works. Like, are you? freezing times and then getting headshots or are you like freezing time and you can move it's it's at a normal speed or like how, how does it work it's not like super precise shooter it is kind of your cover shooter and guys tend they're li- not super bullet spongy but no, it's 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 still a game it's gamified that guys don't die they don't fall over and go okay i don't want to play anymore i've been shot <laughs> they they take some of them take three or four bullets then you have your tanks which take it's kind of like your uncharted um cover shooter kind of game where you've got your normal guys who die quicker then you've got your slightly higher um, armoured guys and then you've got your tanks um, which take like a bit of a gimmick to beat like you've got to get behind them but then you've got a few abilities what you what you can do is you can time bubble people and that literally puts a time uh, stops time around that, that that enemy and you level that up so I end up with you end up with like you're going to do three of those and what you can do is you can shoot at those bubbles and because their time stopped for them, the bullet hits the bubble and stops. And after the cooldown of like 15 seconds or whatever it is, the bubble disappears, time restarts in that section, and all 30 bullets hit the guy at once. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Oh, rad. That is awesome. <laughs> and so it, it turns into almost like an intense shotgun kind of, um, or almost like a grenade. <laughs> just like, boom, and just completely waste them. Um, you can... St- you can kind of run through time, and so people lose, tra- and enemies will lose track of where you are, and so you can run behind them, and they'll go, "Oh, where is he gone?" And because for, for them, 
it's a blink it's like a split second and you're not there whereas you've kind of done this like the flash kind of run behind them um and you use that against the tanks because their weak spots their back where they've kind of got their time suit and uh, you've got a few abilities you've got like a time blast where you just blast time at people <laughs> you've got a uh, quick dodge time dodge where you can like dash around kind of like a bloodborne dash um which you can get around people and same thing you can dash behind them and they'll be like oh where's he gone and then you kind of they'll stop shooting because they won't know where you are so you can kind of get some a time to heal or yeah so there's there's some cool abilities it, again the gameplay is not i never saw it as the focus it was just kind of mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like it was, it was a fun is a fun interactive ride yeah um it, it is it is a narrative driven it's um it's 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 almost like one of your narrative um life is strange telltale kind of games but with actual gameplay <laughs> um, wow <laughs> some shade mean. over there man what are you doing <laughs> you know what i mean but I, I like the telltale games at times but um the gameplay is usually very limited whereas this is more oh of yeah, a game. yeah. That, that's more it's, what it's, I mean. much, it's much more story focused than it is anything else but uh, yeah, um that's cool I, I really enjoyed it. I think it deserves some some credit. Like the graphics as a, as a whole, the the worlds look good, but it kind of almost looks like there's a grainy filter of it. It doesn't look super sharp at times, but it really shines when you get the special effects of the time. Like it just looks amazing. Like the time bubbles look fantastic. Um, there's time stutters. Like the time, the whole narrative of the story is that time's ending and there's stutters that are happening and the whole world's stopping because of the power you have you still can move through that time and the enemy corporation that you're fighting is um have developed suits where people can still uh move through when time stops and those are the guys you're fighting a lot of the time and so not the whole game's through stopped sections it kind of is stuttering and on and off and you get some cool things like time will stop and there'll be like a helicopter who is just taking off and it just the effects of that the this is just fantastic um you got like yeah um and yeah it's it's pretty cool and you got like a whole there's a whole scene where like this whole um there's just all this destruction going around you as time started to hit and so you're running through debris that as platforms but it's just like debris that's been flicked flown through the air blown <laughs> up but it's frozen so you can now use it as a platform it's very devil may cry or dmc um, I don't know if you guys have played that. It looks a lot like that um, in, mm-hmm. the pla- in the platform thing in the, in the world because it's just so messed up. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I really liked it. I think it's worth some uh, some sugar. Um, it's worth a go, and it's good to have a good uh, Xbox exclusive. Uh, it was quite short, <laughs> but I did push through it. Um, would the uh, would watching the TV show make any sense if you weren't playing the game along with it? Well, this one. <sighs> <laughs> I really stepped into a question there, didn't I? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I think it would because the whole idea with the, sh- the TV show, it's not actually following the main character. It li- it is it, it's described as following uh, Monarch, which is the, the corporation you're kind of fighting against. It's it's seeing what's happening inside Monarch. Um, well, while you're doing your thing, um, so it is really a. Uh, observer's experience and so it's not the experience the main guy's having so I don't know it's I don't... extraordinarily like well cast too if I remember right the uh, the guy that plays Iceman in the X-Men movies is in it mm-hmm. 
the dude from the the dude from Fringe, who was also in The Wire, whose name I can never remember, isn't it? <laughs> the the um, the really the black dude with the deep voice. Yes, he talks like this. Yeah, he's he's that in, was um, a terrible accent. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't talk like that. <laughs> and then that and then that dude, uh, Littlefinger from the Game of Thrones, right? Yes, um, it was very well acted in general. Like the acting was very good. Um, like all the, I, yeah, I can't fault any of the actual actors in it. And and so one thing that I was quite impressed with, you know, a lot of games, um, and our souls kind of get away with it a little bit. Um, there's voice acting, but the characters don't bother moving their faces like they just aesthetic like there's no animated mouth movements mm-hmm. whereas this the faces are all animated and i noticed i kind of flicked the camera around while a dialogue was going on between the main guy and someone he was next to and i kind of turned it and your main character is still exp- uh, is expressionate and has emotion and is acting even though you can't actually see his face unless you make an effort to try and get the camera to make so you can see it and I thought that was impressive oh, wow. but they went to the effort of making everyone act and all the characters acting in gameplay even though you can't necessarily see it all the time because the camera's behind your guy It's I, I thought that was quite um, it kind of added to the experience and, and that you could if there was a lot of dialogue happening and it was not an action sequence you could just turn the camera around and kind of watch the scene right, and not from the behind perspective but from the you know viewing your character perspective and and it was cool uh, and it wasn't just this um kind of blank face just staring at you it was actually acting um, sean you've, you've got an xbox one at the house are, are you uh are you tempted to pick it up uh, i'm i'm a bit more now. this now. is the most positive it's it sounds cool i'm i'm down with uh you know time travel and stuff so i think i would probably give it a pass on some of the gameplay stuff so because that it sounds like a it's a pretty cool story and i'd probably be into it so yeah i'll probably wait for a price drop but i think I mean, yeah, wait for price yeah, drop. I have to have to check that out though. It sounds, especially you said like the, uh, it kind of sounded like uh, I don't know if you've seen Deadpool, but like the car scene where that's sort of at the opening and it's showing everybody paused in that like section where cars mm-hmm. are flipping. It sounded like that, and I really dug that scene a lot. So if they do anything where you can oh, look at the people or like whatever the explosions, uh, oh, all the time. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, the, really early in the game, you get like attacked by this. First time you get attacked, you first get your powers. Um, time stops, and all the soldiers are stopped. And I ran around and I like went and hunted <laughs> and took stole all their guns. Just I just love the idea of them waking back up and, and going, "Where's my gun?" <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just hilarious. I just I had so much fun doing that. Yeah. I don't know, why, but uh, yeah, it was a blast. Um, it would, it's, it'd be a good one to play with your wife, Sean, because it's so story driven. It's a really fun one to kind of maybe sit down and play. A couple of hours, an hour each night over a few weeks, um, yeah. and just experience the story and talk about the craziness and, um, yeah, I, I rate it. Um, yeah, it's good. The, the one thing that really frustrated me was the end. I kind of get frustrated with games where they have mm. um, not like the end. I like, the ending was really good, but like the end sequence, like Uncharted does it. You kind of play through a game, you're doing fine, and then all of a sudden it just gets stupidly hard just because it's the end. <laughs> um, yeah. I just that that bugs me. Um, never really had trouble with the combat until like the last fight sequence, and it was just insanely difficult. Um, well, I found, you probably find it easy. I just I, I really struggled with it, mate, because I was trying to push through it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, this is the first time I've uh, I've been kind of jealous that I don't have an Xbox One because I really like Remedy's games. Like I really really liked Alan Wake, 
and all of the games associated with that. So I was kind of when this game was announced, I was like, oh, oh yeah, this looks cool. And then I realized he made it, and that it was just going to be a Microsoft property, and that I would probably never play it <laughs> unless I pick up an Xbox One, well, which might happen. That, that could easily that might happen this year, but who knows? Um, well, if if you want to watch it all, I it should be still on Twitch for a little while because I I managed to stream I think every almost every part of the game I streamed pretty much it all I think maybe half an hour of one of the live actions I I missed, um, hmm. but yeah you can so if you want to go watch it on my on my Twitch you're welcome to. But yeah, that's cool. some quantum break. Now, Sean, we've been me and uh, Jeremy have been bleating on about games have you been playing anything other than Dark Souls or just Dark Souls um so prior to um Dark Souls um so I finished up Life is Strange and um so yeah a little bit of my uh, <laughs> a little a little history with that is um so my is again my my wife and I were playing together she she had it recommended I was like Okay, well, I'll jump into it. So she was the one primarily playing it. I, I was kind of watching. We were making some of the decisions together. We got through episode three, to the end of episode three. And um, it was probably me a little bit more than her, but I just wasn't that into it. Um, part of it was... Not surprised. Part of it was the, um, you know, the characters were characterized, but I didn't exactly like the characters. I know that's heresy for a lot of people, but... Um, it was it was dialogue driven. The typical like thing about you know the the way they talk is like somewhat awkward feeling at times. But um, the other thing that I don't see brought up, and maybe this is just because I don't play a ton of like Telltale games and stuff, but I thought the puzzles, not even playing it, like watching Molly play it, is a they're kind of um, they're I think they got in the way of the story. Especially she she got frustrated playing like through uh, episode three like the. Uh, the car scene we both thought was super obnoxious, and uh, maybe the car uh, like scene. in the junkyard. Which, which is that one? There's in they're in the junkyard with the gun. oh. Well, you have to you have to go find the uh, bottles. Yeah, oh, I heard it, that's it, rubbish. It was it was I think that sort of took took the wind out of our sails because we're both in there for the story, and uh, so we decided to jump in sort of after hearing continuing good things about it, and uh, a lot of people were saying episode four was where there was a huge change and. I have to say, I really like the story for Life is Strange, but um, I actually ended up taking over for the fifth episode because some of the gameplay, there's like the stealth sort of puzzles. Like, I think we, I think we wanted, I think the episodes are a little too long for what we wanted out of the game. Like a little bit too many puzzles for what we wanted. We want a little more story because the story bits were fine, and I actually got to really appreciate the characters. And sort of the twists that were going on there, but um, and they were good fodder for discussion. But um, some of those, I just thought the gameplay of the episodes were like a little long because they 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 could be like three hours a piece, and it just felt like sometimes they were putting in more puzzles, probably for people that like them more. But that's sort of my big complaint overall of the game is I just don't think the puzzles are very good. So, did you see the moment in um, episode five where? without getting into a lot of the details, like she finds a bottle and she's like, Oh God, no more <laughs> <Yeah>. bottles. <laughs> I thought that was a really good, cause it, yeah, they were developing those episodes, um, as they were, as they were releasing okay. them. So like them listening to the feedback and realizing, yeah, yeah, that's not, that's probably wasn't a good thing. I thought it was yeah. a really fun way to handle that. 
Yeah. I haven't seen... Um, they released like some information about their next game, which sounded insanely cool. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what that happens. But it's all like concept art and... You know, this is what we want this game to be, and I'm like, well, come back when you have a trailer. <laughs> like, that's when I'm going to be interested. But yeah, 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 I th- yeah, I'll be definitely be down for it because, um, I yeah, I had heard a lot that the ending was split like globally, almost fifty fifty, like the end decision. And um, at first, I was I so I already had that built up in my head, but it was I could kind of see the decision coming, but it was still it was still pretty good. I think it was a good ending to the game and. It led to at least a good, like, 15-minute discussion where we sort of went through, like, so how would this work, you know, and you're sort of getting in your head about it. And uh, we ended up playing through both endings just to, to see, like, the end cutscenes. But I, I think I think it's true that um, 4 and 5 do really make up for any shortcomings that the first <laughs> three-fifths of the game might have, which I think is just... Some clunky gameplay, mostly. So, I got. I gotta say, like any time I see a picture of uh, Chloe and Max now, I, <laughs> I have like just an instinctual like, oh, like immediately. <laughs> I can't help myself. Yeah. I really got. I really got to appreciate those characters yeah, yeah, in the time I was in that story. So, which I think is like probably the best thing you could say about a video game, like coming out of something like that. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Good, I think though. that game is hella good. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> I would give Hell it. No. <laughs> yeah, I would give it a pretty good with uh, maybe focus on the story a little bit more. But it sounds like they're addressing things, which is I'm I'm willing to give a dev- a developer more slack if I know that they're kind of listening to feedback. So that's great. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, I've been all in Dark Souls three. So. <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, Dark Souls 3, um, we're, I think we should probably get into it since we've been recording for a little while and there, there's some things that we need to say. Um, <laughs> but for the listeners out there, uh, the way we decided to break this down is uh, we asked a couple of questions that are pretty much pure mechanics and like kind of fluff. So we asked, like, what build are you using and what are your favorite gestures? We're going to talk about those and then uh, there's going to be a brief break and we're going to talk about the first two areas of the game. And those two areas are going to be the tutorial area and then the hub. So we're not going to get to the first main area of the game. but um, And I'm sure most of you out there listening uh, have already played this game and you're well aware of everything that's going on. But we are going to give you a little break. If you haven't heard the game, you'll have plenty of time to um, turn the podcast off, I guess, and go rate us on iTunes or tell it to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you need to do. Um, but Or just save it for later. So that once you do get a chance to play Dark Souls, um, you, you can come back and you can listen to us talk about those first two areas. Um, but yeah, so first we're going to do comments from the Twitter crowd and from elsewhere, I guess. And then uh, we're going to go quick little musical interlude and then we'll do the all the, not spoilery stuff, but we're, we'll talk about the actual areas with like names and things towards the end. Does that sound too good to you fellas? Yep. Sounds good. good. I nodded and realized <laughs> yeah. that we're on a podcast. Yep. You nodded. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> I'll put a uh, I will put a GIF of Vader nodding in the podcast in the show notes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So questions. What oh, this is a question I I chucked out there to the people. Um, what build are you rocking at the moment? Is kind of what I said. I think. Uh, so before we get into listener stuff, I kind of want to hear this from you guys and. Just to let y'all know, like uh, Sean has finished the game. I think it's about it's on his second playthrough. I'm 
I think about three quarters of the way through. I'm not entirely sure. And uh, Vader is making a very strong start. So, um, what are you guys? <laughs> what are your guys' bills? <laughs> well, you are. You are. You're, you're, you're good. You're, you're getting through it. You're doing it. Um, so, w- what did what did y'all uh, start with? I guess Sean, start with you because you were playing before any of us got a chance to play. What, what, what kind of build did you go for? Uh, yeah. So, I actually had a uh, minor false start. Um, I started with a. Uh, sorcerer character but i quit that pretty early into the first official area because um i just saw a few things that made me want to try out some of the the weapon arts for different weapons so i I actually made a new character um as a uh, as a thief and um so my my build sort of a dex build and um i'm you know not really using a shield most of the time and uh i have played through pretty much the entire game with the uh, Uchi, which is uh, um, just just fun. So, I, and, you know, Uchi and Bo through the through the game, because I haven't really done much with, much with the dex build, but, um, yeah, so that's sort of what I was doing, sort of light, you know, not, not very heavy armor, sort of uh, just putting on the coolest things that I could uh, afford to hold on to. So, uh, yeah, that's where my build, just uh, arrows and uh, katanas. Nice. Nice. What about you, Vader? Um, I started as the Assassin. Uh, so it has the S-Stock, um, a buckler, um, and obviously the Assassin's clothing. Um, and I, yeah, to be honest, I don't think I actually re- realized what weapon it I thought it looked, I, I picked it partly because I thought it looked like the Boulder Side Sword. <laughs> I was like, sweet. Um, but then I realised it was the airstock when I actually got into the game, and I've never really—I've oh, used a little bit of pokey swords, but um, I liked it. It's handy. It d- does quite a bit of damage, but uh, same thing as Sean. I—I I, I saw the master um, <laughs> over to the side, and um, <laughs> and I was like, um, "Yes, I'm going to have to fight him because yep. I know souls, and he's going to drop that sword." <laughs> so. Yep. Um, so I spent probably 45 minutes uh, dying to him. Uh, wow. <laughs> um, but I was determined. Maybe not quite that long, maybe half an hour. Um, but I beat him, and I'm very proud to say I beat him legit. I didn't. Um, I just watched Epic Name Bros uh, playthrough, and he's just yeah. like, nah, just kick him off the... <laughs> kick him off. I'm like, come on, you got to beat him properly. Um, mm. But yeah, so I, I've, I've been using Ushkatana, and the first time I've really felt that I've been... Um, able to use the multiple slots as weapons I've never really I've always just stuck with one I've never like in Dark Souls 2 I've never really used the three optional slots um, I've just always had the one whereas this time I've actually felt that I needed to um, and I was using early on the S-Stock because it's good for poking um, the, the Uchi Katana um, or the S-Stock I turned into a fire um, just for variety and tested out I put fire on it and I found the dark... Is it the Deep Axe or the Dark Axe? I can't remember which. Mm. The Deep Axe. Deep it is the Deep Axe. You fi- yeah, you find quite it early on. Um, and that was my someone-needs-to-be-smashed weapon. And so I found <laughs> that very useful. Um, but I've kind of dropped that now. I, f- I found my groove with my Uchikatana. Um, and, yeah, Dex, obviously. And I've sharpened my Uchikatana, so it's, it scales with Dex even better. Well, I started as a, uh, because I always like to play a sorcerer in, so- in Souls games. Um, I generally have a lot of fun with that. Um, and I, I started as a sorcerer, and 
realized very quickly that I was not going to be doing very well, but stuck with it anyway. And it's finally, you know, some 40 hours later, like, it's finally starting to <laughs> come together for me. Um, my primary weapon at first was a dagger. And um, I decided to give the game a chance and make me think and and make it a raw dagger, which was always a trap in Dark Souls 1. And it was okay in Dark Souls 2, given some parameters, but... Uh, it sucks in Dark Souls 3, so don't do that, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, so I, I, I turned that back to a normal one, and um, I just, I was not doing, like, that was, I was thinking I was just going to rely on all of my sorcery as my damage output, and this just was not good enough. Um, so eventually I found the Great Scythe, and I have been using the Great Scythe. I did get the Yuki that you guys are talking mm. about, but... Uh, I very quickly realized that everybody and their brother was using the Yuki, and I was like, nope, I gotta be special. I gotta have my own little snowflake. So I decided to go with the Great Scythe. I've got that upgraded along the magic path. Um, and I, I saw the Great yeah, Scythe, and I thought of you. <laughs> it's good. It's fun. Like I, I, I like the moveset a lot, and the uh, the weapon skill is apparently like a... That says it's a neck scraper, I think, which is a really neat thing. Like it, it reaches oh. around somebody and scrapes the back of their neck, and it's supposed to count as a headshot like against a German them. Move. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, oh, that's which nasty. Is really, oh, it's really <laughs> it fucking cool. Good. Yeah. So, um, I just now I just started playing, getting into PvP like yesterday afternoon and today. Um, although I haven't done a lot about it, I'm. I'm kind of at that point where I just want to power through and finish everything and then get all the trophies and then like sit down and start a PvP character. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing magic and it's it's good. Um, yeah, we, we had some listener responses to this and I kind of want to start us with Cliff because Cliff is not able to be here and uh, I, I can just, you can just hear the disappointment in his voice that he's not, <laughs> that he wasn't able to be here. Do, do, do. So Cliff wrote into his own podcast to say <laughs> that he is um, rocking a strength and partial dex build with the Herald armor set, no helm, dragon crest shield, broadsword, plus four. Uh, and then he goes on to say, P.S. I fucking love this game so much. I'm gutted I can't play for a week now. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Much love from me. And much love right back to you, Cliff. We, we love you, man. Uh, <laughs> sorry that you, you have some family obligations and you can't play. I feel for you. I'm uh I got some family stuff I got to do tomorrow and I'll be back on Sunday though so I have to take a day off tomorrow. <clears throat> yep. Vader, you wanna you wanna read us the next one? Uh, this is Smiggy Fox. Classic knight and all out strength. On the lookout for great sword or a special boss weapon. Winky face. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, there's a uh, from what I've seen. There's some really cool looking great swords. Yes. Um, I guess I'm assuming he must be quite early on. He sent a little picture with it. Um, and yeah, it, I, I'm assuming he's early on because you find a couple of great swords quite quickly, don't you? Uh, I don't know. I've I don't I was since I'm not doing strength at all. I've just been putting all that stuff in my box and ignoring it. So I don't I don't really remember. Yeah, I think you yeah. did a few. Good luck in that hunt for the strength weapon. Um, but also, I just wanted to note, I've been told that uh, Clifford mentioned it to me, and Epic Namebro mentioned it, he did, and Epic Namebro doesn't know why, and I don't completely understand why, but I saw in your picture, Smeggy Fox, that you had no helmet on. All I know is that you're supposed to put your helmet on. <laughs> That's what I mean. Um, I think it has to I do never, with... I never, hardly uh, ever put a helmet on. <laughs> I think it has to do with a, um, I guess there's a 
if I I haven't read the post, but the impression I got is that there's some possibly additional armor bonus just for having slots filled. So like, yes, it, it hurts you more uh, to just not have a slot filled because you get like an innate bonus just for having something there. Yep. See, um, I, I just now got my endurance <laughs> up to like fifteen. So up until now, I've I've literally been wearing rags. Like that's all <laughs> I've been wearing. You guys have seen my. I put some screenshots on Twitter. I know you've seen. That. Like that's literally all I've been wearing is just rags. That fall. There's just now today that I finally like was like, okay, well maybe maybe just in a little bit of clothes, just a little <laughs> bit of clothes. <laughs> Um, it, it seems like the arm is a lot more like your Bloodborne. It's yeah. slightly more fashion souls. Um, it's there's no from what there's no leveling up armor. Nope. It's all just aesthetic and which also. is which is a hundred percent fine by me because yeah. fuck <laughs> upgrading armor forever. Yeah, it yeah, is a bit of a like pain. That. I found that with Dark Souls. Yeah, Dark Souls two. You'd upgrade something and you just stick with it because. Uh, it was better than anything else. It was too hard to kind of calculate. Will this be better if I upgrade it? <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, sticking with it. So I'm happy with that as well. Right. Sure, okay. you want to take the next one? Yep. Uh, so David S says, rocking my normal setup, full on dex build, needing to un the black find, <laughs> needing to find the black find. bow to be complete. So yeah, sounds sounds pretty similar to how my. Uh, my build panned out. So. Yeah, I I just found I found that black bow a few hours ago. Yep. <laughs> um, and yes. then um, our buddy our buddy Morbid Beard Joshua Crow, it's your boy. <laughs> uh, he says he's doing a strength dex build, straight up sword and shield. Really, re- really, really loving that build too. Um, I talked to Morbid Beard the other day, and he seemed to take me having a great time with this game. Um, I'm I'm kind of I'm very interested to get his opinions on it at some point. Maybe we can get him back on the podcast at some point. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, that, that's interesting. What I have noticed with this game, it's sort of like your Demon Souls, a lot more um, quality type type weapons, and they all start mm-hmm. out quality, and then you can specify if you want to make it a Dex or a Strength. Yep. Yeah, I think they've got the upgrade system like super good in this one. Like, because I know one of my friends got a uh, like a pair of maces, and he said he just was able to upgrade them so that they scaled off of his decks instead of their strength. So, like, he was instantly able to use them at that point, which I think is like that's the dream, right? Like, yeah. excuse me, as long as you have the minimum requirements to to use the weapon, like if you can have a different stat it can scale with, like that's yeah. great. That's that's just fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, um, it's yeah, it's the It's really good. It seems seems a lot more like the Bloodborne, uh, not Bloodborne, the um, Demon Souls um, way of doing things. It seems like a good hybrid, actually, just, the upgrade system. Yeah, just not nearly as complicated and obtuse as the Demon Souls system. Just upgrade it to plus three, and then you can upgrade it. But if you upgrade it to plus four, you can't anymore. <laughs> like, I mean, just all that oh, stuff yeah, is yeah, dumb. Yeah. But like, th- this is this is way more straightforward. But yes. it still has that the flexibility to, for your build. Yeah, because yeah, um, it, I. The other Dark Souls one too. Like if I was making a Dex build, I'd never put strength in. I'd only yeah. ever go with the Dex weapon. Uh, whereas now it seems like there are, as you say, there's strength, there's heavier hitting weapons that you still could get good damage with a Dex build, but you still have to put up your strength. And so it seems like there's more reason to put up other stats, which is kind of cool. Um, whose turn is it? Nine. Finished. Is this a zero hill? Finished run one with Sorcerer, pure intelligence. 
run two is going to be Cleric Dex Faith. Uh, Cesaro Hill is a, he does YouTube videos. He, he got the game early and um, and he did a full playthrough with a sorcerer, which he's already finished. Those YouTube bastards getting that game, getting the game early. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think he might have done the um, the Sean trick. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> the to work around. All right. Um. So uh, Bucklord says, uh, X with Lucatiel's fancy pants. Mira set and a katana <laughs> thing with an S tuck as backup. Fine and dandy indeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of returning armor from both games, which I, I really appreciate. Yeah. And then I'll go to the. Oh, this is Patty. <laughs> Vader, this is all you. <laughs> <laughs> you and Patty had this thing going for a little while, and I did. I was playing Dark Souls and my phone beeped like eighteen thousand times, and I was like, "What is going on with these two guys? <laughs> what, what is what is this?" The, the, I so feel you, like a, you asked for like people's build, right? Oh yeah, see so what build you're rocking, and so Petty, being the funny guy he is, <laughs> um, responded, "I've been working on a lookout tower with a mix of cobblestone and stone bricks for exterior textures." I'm using dark oak for foundations outside and the lighter birch wood planks for flooring. It's got some nice stair blocks uh, positioned around the edges of floors to accent the changes inside. Ground floor is crafted and <laughs> crafting and storage. First floor is bedrooms and upper floors are currently empty. The, the, total, the top is open uh, battlements where you can view across the entire village. Torch lit and stands out at night. Um, and he's like, oh, wait, you mean Dark Souls? Dicks is his only answer. I was like, come on, man. Give us some more. We want details. So then he responded, swords. <laughs> Which I was highly swords. disappointed, by the way, Paddy, because I found the uh, Caster, Cestus, whatever they're called, the punchy, punchy things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, instantly thought of Paddy. When I found the Great Scythe, I thought of Jeremy. When I thought of the the, the punchy things, I thought of uh, Paddy. And so I'm highly disappointed that you're not being a punchy man. Um, anyway, that's always he, for that's always for the run number two, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. Um, and then he, then he, oh, I actually might have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he, then he's like, oh, you mean Minecraft? You mean Iron Sword? Got leather boots and hat. Supplies are scarce right now. <laughs> so and then I imagine Patty running around with a sword and just leather boots. Um, <laughs> And so I asked him, where's his pants? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this whole uh, this whole exchange was, was cracking me up when I was trying to catch up on my Twitter the other day. Yeah. So that's petty. So the, the other question that we'd asked is, uh, and I, I put that out this morning, is um, what's your favorite gesture that you found so far? And uh, I... Mine is probably easily stretch out, which you find pretty late into the game, which is glorious. And I, I don't actually want to say what it is because I think the first time you find it is kind of a moment. I'll just say the name is stretch out, but like, yeah, it makes nothing. It to is, me. it's it's very cool looking. Um, Sean, what about you? I don't know if you found all of them in the game or yet. There, there's still a bunch that I haven't found yet. But do you have a favorite? 
Um, yeah, mine's also stretch out, which I've, I've started doing a bit of a co-op in PvP. <laughs> I've been a, uh, we, we <laughs> once a group of three of us stretched out for an invader. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, I, yeah, I think that one's pretty good. I also think a. Um, toast is kind of funny because you kind of wobble back and forth like you've been drinking a few, so uh, toast would probably be my second favorite. I like that you can um, jump out of a gesture, like when you're posed, to like go do other stuff, but if you just like tap the left stick, you, you also sometimes do an animation coming out of the gesture. Yeah. So like... Toast is a good one, which is, you get it pretty early, so I'm not going to consider this a spoiler, but, like, you sit down and you're kind of holding, like, your character, like, is pretending to hold a mug in front of him, and if you tap the left stick while he's sitting there, he kind of raises his mug, like, he's like, <laughs> cheers, and then he stands up. It's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, that, that was, that's my pick, Toast, just because, um, yeah, I've been doing a bit of PvP, um, invading as a, as a blue phantom, and, and I, um... Yeah, if I beat the person, I'll toast them. I'll sit down and <laughs> raise my glass. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's cooler than the bow. <laughs> like, bow's overdone. Um, but just yeah, when... screw the bows. I'm never bowing in a Dark Souls game again. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> uh, well, what what I find interesting is how you, you get gestures from all over the place now. Yeah, have you gotten them from um, NPCs? Like where you just summon somebody and they give you a gesture? Yeah, I, cool. I got one from being killed by an NPC, a jerk. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> he does it, does it then. I'm like, oh man, what a jerk. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Where's the etiquette? Um, yeah, um, yeah, some pretty cool gestures. I've only really played with that one. The toast one. That's my favorite. Well, we, we, we had a few responses. Um, Sean, you want to take the first one? Yes, uh, Lord Lime says... Collapse is very is very fitting in the game, in my opinion. And then they haven't found any other that they really like, I guess. Collapse is really good. When yeah. before I really found any gestures, like yeah. collapse, you just fall in there and just like <laughs> hang in there, like ugh, god. It's really fun when you have been battling a boss over and over again, and you summon somebody, and you just collapse in front of them, like please help. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Uh, the next one is at Tight to the Nail, whose name is Gangs on Ross Kemp right now. I don't know why that's just Twitter, but um, he said that he likes the gesture here, which I don't think I've found yet. But I'm pretty sure he's um, completed the game, so so I don't. Maybe he just ha- maybe he's farther along with me. Sean, do you know that one? I know you're pretty uh, far into I'm, it. I'm bad at remembering the names off the top of my head, so I I don't know if I have it or not. There but are. It doesn't spring to there mind, so maybe. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, and especially because um, uh, I, I botched up a lot of NPC stuff, so there's a good chance that it came from somebody who I never met, or they uh, they died. So. Yeah, we had a fun moment in DM the other day, um, because I've been kind of leaning on Sean, or not leaning on Sean, but uh, like sending Sean a message like, oh my god, I just got here, can you believe like this, this, and this, and this? <laughs> And just assumed that he had seen this entire crazy plot line that I uncovered and, like, completely spoiled him on it. <laughs> I felt kind of bad about it. Oh, no, so, sorry, good. again, I know I apologized before, but, yeah. I was like, you finished the game, you heard about XYZ and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and, yeah. Yeah. And, by the way, yeah, I don't want to get into it. Anyway, we'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> um, okay, Vader, Vader, you want to get us into the next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lachlan McDonald, um, at Lachlan. 
I mean, it's actually a quite good ad. It's like just his name. I've never actually clicked yep. on that. <laughs> That's impressive. That's almost impossible on the internet these days. Um, I haven't seen all of these yet, but I'm a big fan of toast. Yeah, I like toast. I like it with honey. <laughs> That's my dad joke for the day. <laughs> That's the pretty bad day joke. Pretty bad. Uh, uh, it's okay, I've said worse on online. Oh. So. <laughs> okay, um, so, right. uh, so our last one um, is... You can um, yeah, pronounce this one. At Denleadfi? Okay, no, you got to pronounce sure. the Japanese part. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Skipped right over there. Um, yeah, it's a. I do not speak Japanese, so I don't want to. I will not even attempt to uh, discern what that might say. But um, they say uh, mine's a quite late game one because of its strategic value in the PvP battlefield. You'll know when you see it, and that. <laughs> so so cryptic. <laughs> I think I know what they're talking about. So. So this is uh this guy, Mr. Longhair is how I know him. That's his something awful name. Um he's been kind of my Sherpa throughout this Dark Souls experience because uh I was leaning on him to tell me if we were gonna be able to import the game earlier, mm-hmm. like buy the Japanese version, have it be in English and all that stuff. And um he's also the guy that when I was developing my Karmic Justice build for Dark Souls One, me and him were like the only two dudes on the internet that were doing that. So he's got a bunch of uh and I'm going to write this down, put him in the show notes, but he's got a bunch of Karmic Justice vids on his YouTube um, as well. And he's he t- told me the other day that he was exporting like 70 gigs worth of PvP fights from his PS4 wow. <laughs> to his computer. <laughs> so he's got all... He's 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 kind of the guy to go to for Dark Souls 3 questions. Um, nice. So yeah, that was fun. Thank you. Thank all of you for writing in. We, we really, really appreciate it. And um, Before we get into Dark Souls 3 proper, I, I just want to say thanks. I've got we had some bunch of people reach out via various forms um, that for whatever reason, the duck feed slack uh, also Twitter DMS and just, you know, normal tweets and stuff of just people saying that they have found the show and liked it a whole lot. And uh, we, I just wanted to say thank you to all the, all those guys, uh, Revitar, tree monster, Leonard, Jake Lionheart, morbid beard, you know, podcast chomp, CJ, Patty, all those people on Twitter that really support us and, and, you know, have kind of helped us grow over the last I don't even know how long we've been doing this now for the last few months. Yeah. <laughs> um, since, since I guess the beginning of the year. Um, thank you so much. And we really appreciate you spreading the word and, you know, sending in comments and talking to us on Twitter and doing all this stuff. We, we love all y'all out there. Good times for sure. Yeah, a good group of guys. And to Sean, thanks. So, Sean. Uh, yeah, and, and and to that guy, the lore hunter, that rat bastard that hacked his Xbox One to get the game early. Yeah, you know, I played it casual souls or whatever the thing was for a bit. I uh, breezed through the first three bosses. So no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna um, that's gonna wrap up the main part of the show, and then. Um, we're going to do a brief little musical interlude, and then if you guys are terrified of spoilers of the tutorial area and the hub area of Dark Souls 3, and you haven't been spoiled on this stuff before, there's some pretty significant things that happen that we're probably going to talk about, at least the first couple of areas. So do not tune back in, and we really appreciate you listening. Come back and listen to the rest of it once you've played the first couple of hours of the game.
Hey folks, it's Jeremy here. Um, quick note, during this next spoiler section, we talked about a podcast that I will be releasing next week called Don't Give Up Skeleton. It's a new podcast for the Dark Inside people. It's a series of interviews that I have done with people in the Souls community about how they got their start with Dark Souls or with From Software. Um, the first episode should be out next week. Just pay attention to darkinside.net for more details. But when this we start talking about <laughs> the podcast me and the Lore Hunter have done that Vader has listened to, don't worry, you'll be able to get your ears on it very shortly. Thanks. On to the episode. I want to get right into it, and there's there's stuff to talk about in the tutorial area. Like, do you want to do this chronologically, or can we just talk about oh shit moments in the first couple of areas? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, don't, I worry about missing stuff, but I guess we're just all three of us will. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've spent far too long trying to condense this first area for my impression series, so I can. Uh, I, I'm good with hitting some big moments because um, I think you'll capture most of the stuff worth talking about if you go for some. Oh shit! Stuff and some good stories. So. Well, I guess let's let's try to take it chronologically as, as if we're the player. And I don't want to I don't want to tread on bonfireside chat ground or anything. But um, holy shit! A giant crystal lizard. <laughs> <laughs> that was the coolest thing ever. Like just walking around yep. the side and seeing this giant fucking crystal lizard. That is that is just so great. Yep. Did you guys take it on your first time through? I I tried. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was. I was able. Yes. I was able to get them down in one one go. I don't know how I did it, but uh, I used my little dagger yeah, or whatever on. that knife. Yeah, I managed to take him out with my stock poked him. <laughs> you guys are killing me because I have yet to kill one of these things at all. Yeah. Oh really? They're they're hugely hugely resistant to magic, and oh, yeah, my great scythe does magic damage. And my spells do magic damage, so I can't. I can like I hit them, and it's like you can hear them laughing at me or something. It's ridiculous. Uh, but I just I finally found like the a bunch of pyro stuff. So um, I got my pyro glove upgraded, and I'm, I got to go back through and kill stuff that I wasn't able to kill before with pyro because pyro is fucking awesome. Yes, it does look good. Yeah, this 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 whole area was a pretty decent tutorial area. Like I mean, it, I think it does a good job of introducing you to the content concepts, but then. You know, we're all Souls veterans at this point, so you can just you almost know exactly... Like, you can see the path off to the side and go, yep, there's going to be the boss, yep. the, the optional thing that I can go back there. Like, it's it does a really good job signposting that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I, um, you know, I don't I don't think you're ever going to top the Undead Asylum. I just think that area is so great. But um, I think it, it does a good job. It, it's, it's sort of a, a little bit to the discussion earlier where... You know, I think this tu- this tutorial, and this is getting very nitpicky on like what a, what is the equivalent of maybe five minutes of gameplay through that area, but it feels, you know, it feels more tutorial-ish to me than like the Asylum, where maybe it was just how dramatic the Asylum is, you know, or maybe it's just knowing these games so much that I was like, yeah, this is the part where they play messages for you. I still think it's better than um, how Bloodborne did it by just throwing them all in that garden area, but I, um... I thought it was pretty good, but, you know, the Undead Asylum will always have a place in my heart. Yeah. I found this, like, quite quick, though. Like, there was no... They mm. didn't, Asylum is a tutorial area, but it's a full area, whereas this was just kind of, like, one straight line. Like, there was no... They didn't muck around too much because they kind of... I guess they figured that people do know what's going on by now. There was no fluff. Like, it was just straight to the point. 
Yeah, there's for a lot of reasons, I don't think that Dark Souls 3 should be your very first Dark Souls game. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, I think my favorite will probably always be Dark Souls 1, but specifically with this game, and much more so than Dark Souls 2... You should probably play the previous games first. <laughs> like you need to, you need to have like a working knowledge of all of this stuff before you get into it. From a, from a stats point of view, from a lore point of view, like I, I really hate it for the people that are going to play Dark Souls three first and go like, what do I do? Because it's, it's, it's confusing. Yeah, yeah, but, I, yeah. They're yeah, definitely think... banking on that. People have knowledge. Yep. Sorry. Oh no, yeah. I just I I can I completely agree. And like we said, like with the giant crystal lizard, like. Having played through the series and having played Demon Souls, like if you, if I had played it all the way since Demon Souls, you've seen these creatures through every single game, and it's just it's just a great moment for people who've played through the series to have this crystal lizard turn on you and become this giant monstrosity that fights you, it, you know, after slaying like their whole species game after game. So it's there's just those moments where I I was trying to put myself in the shoes of someone coming into this game first. And that would just be like some big crystal monster to you, and it'd be it'd be a cool optional encounter, which is something I think Dark Souls Three does really well is having optional like side paths. But I it wouldn't have the same meaning it does to someone who's played even one other game in the series. Yeah, exactly. The interesting thing they take the role of the Titanite demons. Mm-hmm. What's what they called in Dark Souls One? Mm-hmm. They take their place, don't they? And they kind of have a similar body shape to some extent. And they, they get into some cool lore territory there. If like if you start reading the item descriptions and the various things that you find with crystal lizards, like you can, you can get into some cool stuff. So yeah, um, but yeah, just what we yeah we didn't really see where we started. We start in the cemetery of ash. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about right now. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> are we going to talk about the opening cutscene at all? Or yeah, we can we can talk about the opening cutscene. I see. I. I I forget about this stuff because like that they released that so long ago now that like seeing it again was I was like it was cool seeing it on my TV but like I also just watched it on YouTube on my TV yeah. four or five times. So. Oh, see, I've only seen it once and this is the first time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I like the opening cutscene. It does the thing that Dark Souls One does, which is basically, excuse me, introduce you to the um, main bosses that you're going to be fighting, and um, I've taken down three of those so far. And they're they're all really fucking cool. Um, I, like you know, they, they go through like their names and everything like that, and they all look cool, and they all have like severe lore implications, and you're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, so definitely go watch that before you do anything. But yeah, it's 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 really good. Yeah, it is good. Um, well, I like that they kind of have lore implications, you say, and they tie into things, but it's not like it's not like there's this is Gwen or anything like that. It's like that this is. Substance, this is this person and you just can tell how it relates to Dark Souls 1 or 2 and how it ties in it's really cool <laughs> yeah like for, for an example like one of the one of the bosses that gets introduced is somebody called the Abyss Watchers and like if you're if you're coming if you're not coming from a Souls background that just means like like I was talking about earlier like it means bottle cup or bookshelf <laughs> fan like it doesn't mean anything like the words just don't mean anything but like if, when you say the word Abyss Watcher to someone who played Dark Souls 1 Two and all of that stuff. They go like, "Wait, they're they're doing what now? What's with this abyss?" <laughs> like that's a very important thing. Like they get excited. So well, especially when you yeah, see I'm... how they look, how they have they have a very... oh yeah, oh yeah, very distinct look. <laughs> I thought that freak a lot of people out. Yeah. Um, and then I don't. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I played the uh, first one. 
the first part of this game, but um, they do kind of talk to you about like who you are and why you're there. I mean, you're the unkindled and you're doing some stuff. It doesn't really matter. You're just going forward and killing shit at the, most of the point, most of the time, right? No, I mean, it's very important. I mean, I think the uh, I think the the opening is kind of a combination between Dark Souls and Demon Souls, and I've I've talked about this in other spots, but in Demon Souls, you know, like in Dark Souls One, it's the mythology, like you're saying, but it's uh, really characterizing. Like I feel like Gwyn, you know, Isleth and Nita, like, and they're characterized. Whereas the the Demon Souls has these NPC names that they drop sort of randomly, which mean nothing to you at the beginning of Demon Souls, and so it felt like it was sort of a mixture between those two, where they're these really important characters, but they're not giving you any information besides their name and a quick like visual image, which will mean more for players. But I liked that in the sense that, um, especially if you're like a lore person, they're not telling you much, which is indicating to me that the stories behind these lords is incredibly important to, like, the story of the game. So they're not going to just drop on you their characteristics. And, I mean, I think that pans out to be true. There's there's good reasons why they're not explaining what, what they've been doing since, you know, you see them in that cutscene. So I, I like how they set up it is sort of a bigger mystery than maybe Dark Souls 1 did. It's um, kind of like Bloodborne sets up a big mystery... And they don't do it to nearly the same extent in Dark Souls 3, but it has that nice hook factor by just name-dropping versus describing them. You're making me want to go back and watch this now that I'm a little farther in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I didn't pick up on some of these details. Well, yeah, the, I mean, the same thing happened to me with Dark Souls 1. Like, I, I watched it, I enjoyed the opening, and you understood it, and then you play the game and you go back in a second time, you're like, oh, I completely missed that the first time through. But once you know more, it means more. Yeah. And, and I mean... Yeah, it's th- cool. Another... Yeah, it's like, this opening cutscene too, Dark Souls 1 obviously has to stand alone. But like we've been saying for this, like, this one makes references that you would need to have played at least Dark Souls 1 to understand. They explicitly use the term, like, Link the Fire, and they're ringing a bell of awakening. So, like, these are all... These are all, like, small touchstones that they're using... To say more in the opening cutscene than they would be than they're actually describing. They're using this shorthand yep. that you would know if you played Dark Souls. So I think there's a lot going on <laughs> in there. So yeah, it's, it'd be interesting. I'd love to like after I play each of these games, just like wipe my memory and start over again because I really want to get that experience of not having that context. And I think I think you would definitely lose more with this than you know any of the other titles by not having previous experience. Yeah, you need the context for this one for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I just, I've been thinking um, all week. There's something I want to bring up um, a bit that I found interesting in this. And it's actually something that's in an unreleased podcast that you did with Jeremy, Sean. Um, I don't know, do you mind if I talk about it? <laughs> I was going to talk about it at the end of the show, yeah, so you can just say it's unreleased and we'll, we'll fill you up. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll fill, you in, we'll fill you in on any of the details at the end of the show. Just, so don't worry about that. Sean commented about Dark Souls 2 during this discussion in the podcast that you'll know more about later. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you remember this, but you mentioned how you had no problem, and it's about the controversy about the um, kind of the spacing in Dark Souls 2, how you can get places quicker, there's, it's a bit weird, the elevators going up into volcanoes, things like that, and you never had a problem with it because you felt that it was, your character was just on a crazy journey and it was all mental. I actually felt that the opening, I think it's an opening cut scene, of Dark Souls 3, 
and the whole setting of this world supports what you said <laughs> because yeah. it talks about how the world is colliding together and that it's yeah. a mash of different lands yeah. Yeah, and it's, that time and space is messed up. Yeah, it's very important to, like, and that's the thing about Dark Souls, if you're getting into the lore, like, I know some of it's not always intentional, but that first sentence where she says, like, yes, indeed, like, the transitory land of Lothric where the Lords of Cinder converge, the lands of the Lords of Cinder converge, that sentence is telling you right away that the geometry of the world will make sense from a, like, a, like you'll be able to, like, get, you'll look somewhere and be able to get there, but the actual places... Those are. This is a convergence of all these lands. This place doesn't exist in reality. It's it's more like Draglaic and probably even Lordran. It's like, it's yeah. It's this place where they all converge on this central location, which I'm taking to be like the the city, like the castle. So yeah, it's it's exactly like yep. that. It's sort of the reverse where, like in Dark Souls Two, I felt like it was a real place, but your character was sort of just traveling in a haze but in this one it's like the actual land is this hazy mishmash and you're moving through it logically if that makes sense yeah and so i i loved when i heard that because it made me think of what you said in the podcast that's yet to be released <laughs> um, <laughs> um because it it, it it almost ties in a a, a loose end that was didn't seem like it was ever going to be tied up with dark souls too it, it to, in my mind it kind of helps with that because they've given law reason for it now and it's um yeah it's it's i think that's great like and you can actually see that with the the level design things are a bit at times seem crushed or mashed together and 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 it's great like it's um yeah i just wanted to bring that up because i thought it was a good (laughs) note that you made about dark souls 2 and i and i think it's answered and discussed and portrayed well in dark souls 3 so yeah well done sean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well done Sean <laughs> on a podcast that will release three weeks from now <laughs> um, <clears throat> sorry Jeremy if I spoiled so, anything <laughs> no no not, not at all not at all I was I was planning on talking about that at some point during this episode we just haven't got around to it um, but I'll figure all that out I'm not, well, too, just, I'm not too concerned it just related so heavily to the, the intro and so and oh absolutely yeah that, that's perfect I'm glad you brought that up because those are those are very good points and, and Dark, you're, you're both absolutely right on this stuff I loved Sean's point about the demon soul the combination demon souls and dark souls intro so that's it's a good podcast fellas good podcast. yeah well and other thing um do we talk about um the bonfire side chat boys always talk about timey wimey and so do we need to come up with another one spacey wacy yeah spacey wait dreamy weemy i think was uh the one for bloodborne yeah. yeah i'll be interested to see what kind of catchphrase comes out of uh out of this season yeah, yeah. Well, but just, this is going to get us into the uh into the the first boss which is your tutorial who is um Ludix Grindor? Am I saying that right? I think it's like no Ludix, Ludix, Ludix Gunder or something like that. It's an okay. I Ludix Grinder. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It sounds very and, um, German. I have trouble I just, saying it. I really it. like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This it might as well be like Zvehander or something. Like I'm just my my brain doesn't process mm. acron- process consonants in the same way. So, uh, but I really like this whole thing where you walk up and he's like kneel down and it tells you like there's a prompt to um. Is it pull the sword or remove the sword? Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's it's this really evocative cutscene where you pull the sword and it's very obvious like something is fucked up with this dude and this sword is probably preventing this fucked up stuff from happening. And you just wander right up to him and remove the sword like not a care in the world. 
So, and of course, this starts the boss fight, which is like it's pretty pretty basic boss fight. Like I think I went, I think it took me twice to get through here, and that was just because I happened to run out of stamina and not be able to roll. So he got me with the hit. What about y'all? Did y'all have any problems with this fight? Um, died first time because of such a surprise, um, and his is just getting into the whole Dark Souls three movement. Um, so I kind of got clip me with his his big uh, halberd. Hel- hel- um, so yeah, and he killed me. But the second time through, no problem. Yeah, yeah, it's a similar. It took me. It took me. Uh, it took me a few tries. I um, yeah, I just thinking back to if this is someone's first game. I think he's harder than the asylum. Like I, I don't like. I feel like if this was the first game you're coming into, there's not really any cheese thing to like take away a bunch of his health. I mean, there are some items that will definitely help you, which is true in other games. But uh, yeah, I think he's not too tough. But uh, if you're not used to the games, he has a lot of reach, which I think could be a, a problem for people who are being a little hesitant because we know to get up all in his butt and stuff and just like make sure you're hitting him. But like, if you if you stand mid range, he'll wreck you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what happened to me the I first think time. That brings up a good point about Dark Souls Three in general. Is I think it's a much, much more difficult game. Um, it seems like they're being a lot more, I guess, stingy with the amount of souls that you receive for bosses and um, the amount of souls that you get for just normal enemy mobs. Yeah, and like for the first time in a Souls game, I would be in a point where, like, I would I would get to a point where I had like maybe five thousand souls on me, and I would make a decision like, okay without even opening up a shortcut, but I know I could get back here pretty good, but this 5,000 souls is going to be two levels, and that's way more valuable to me than trying to get to that next shortcut. So I would, like, go back and try to use those souls somewhere. Uh, maybe that was just because I'm buying spells, and I'm buying, like, I'm trying to upgrade as much as possible and levels, but, like, man, that was that was hard for me. It's just now getting to the point where I feel like bosses are giving me an appropriate amount of souls. Yeah, it's a lot more stingy. Like, I'm... I'm only level 44, and I'm like 15 hours, 16 hours in. Um, whereas Dark Souls 2, within, I don't know, about half an hour, I could be up to level 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you got so many... It seems like it, the souls are just... Or the levels are a little bit more expensive, too. Like, I'm level 40, and I'm at about, like, ten or 11,000 souls per level. So it's, oh, yeah, yeah, it gets yeah. up there pretty quick. Yeah, it's, so. it's interesting to note. Uh, yeah. Illusory Wall, I think, was looking at it. And he said that the, it was the same in Demon Souls, Dark Souls, maybe Dark Souls 2 in this game for, like, leveling up from 19 to 20. So I think it is a little bit more of that Demon Souls economy where the uh, the mobs just, they don't drop a whole lot because I finished no, I don't. finished the game at level 80. So, I you know, it's, it's not very high. Hmm. I mean, like you said, in Dark Souls 2, I would be at the Ruin Sentinels at level 80 probably. So, don't even... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was a big difference between Dark Souls One and Two. Dark Souls One, like the PvP was kept like on a one twenty, and that was high. Yeah. And I finished a game at like yeah around seventy five to eighty. I can't remember exactly, but it was around that point. Um, and then, but Dark Souls Two, um, the level cap was a lot higher. Like that people were going to. Um, uh, yeah, and it was. I think yeah, I finished a game at like one forty on Dark Souls Two. Yeah. So it is just a yeah, there was yeah. no and there was no reason not to level up because I mean unless you're going to artificially limit yourself for some reason all, all the matchmaking was done on soul memory so like who cares what level you are like yeah. it doesn't that make a difference so there are um, differences in that um, yeah but the level so this gets us into our 
this gets into our first big surprise of the game, which is you you, you beat this dude, and then you go into uh, a new area, and you get the title card, and it just simply says Firelink Shrine, and like I was spoiled on this ahead of time. Vader, I think you were trying to go in as blind as possible. Did you know about this location? I saw it. I'd seen, heard someone mention Firelink. Okay, so you kind of you kind of knew what to expect at this point, or did you think it was later in the game, or? No, I think I knew that it was a hub. Um, ah, cool. Yeah, which is a, which is a, yeah, was really a bit frustrating. But um, it was still cool, and the sound effect when you find a new area is always cool in Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. That, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, that title card noise is is just really great. I think it's the same in Dark Souls One, but I, I might be wrong. It just yeah. sounds very similar, maybe. It's, uh, I think they've just enhanced the sound. It sounds or bass in it or something, but it sounds cool. Um, I, I need to get the that sound my, is in HD now. Yeah, in HD. <laughs> yeah. I need to get that as my messages um, sound when I get a text message. Get that sound. That'd be awesome. I remember someone t- one time telling me that their um, text message tone or their phone tone was the sound of an invader spawning in, which yeah. I always thought was very fun. I had that, and I used to get real excited every time my heart rate would go up. Every time I heard my phone go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you you get into Firelink Shrine, and it doesn't look really anything like what you expect from Dark Souls One. Um, but you get introduced to your level up lady, um, whose name, if she has one, I have totally <laughs> made made them black. Yes, sure. Um, it's basically that. At one point, she even says like, "Touch the darkness inside of me." Like, I mean, it's it's very there's very clear references to this stuff. Um, there's a crestfallen knight chilling, like just being all crestfallen. Um, he's disappeared in my game now, and I have no idea where he is. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah I haven't seen him in a long time. It's one of my many he's NPC gone. dead ends. Uh, <laughs> I assume dead ends. I, that, that's uh, normal I, I, for Chris Fallen, though. I, I spoke to him at one point, and he gave me something. Um, I can't remember yeah, now. Yeah, he, he usually gives you like a ring or something. Um, and he disappears. And then disappears after that. You point. hear. Yeah, you, you hear it, like, in the distance, this uh, very distinctive ringing. Yeah, exactly. Like a little tink-tink-tink noise. And you're like, that sounds a lot like a blacksmith. And then you walk over to where the noise is. And, like, sure as sure as day, Andre the blacksmith is just chilling up in Firelink Shrine. <laughs> like, literally, not even, like, it's the same model, but we're going to name him different. Like, he introduces himself, excuse me, he introduces himself as Andre. He has the same voice actor. <clears throat> there's moments in the game where he I don't want to get into that there's it's it's Andre like it yeah. is how is this even possible yeah. Tommy <laughs> I don't get this at all Tommy Wayne I, I guess yeah it, it yeah. makes me think that this whole thing is is, a, is is rigged somehow like all of this stuff is just fake and they're gonna try to pull out the rug, pull the rug out from under me or something but I, I don't know well what about yeah. this did you guys did either one of you know about this because I, I happen to see this in a um some spoiler thing like months ago so I, I kind of knew these were two the two big things I was spoiled on going into the into the game uh, no I, that was a complete surprise and it got me grinning <laughs> nice yeah I, I knew about Firelink and Andre unfortunately it came it was like the same batch of spoilers where it was just their names mentioned so I, I hadn't actually watched any footage so so that was a nice surprise to not have you know not have the visual confirmation but yeah, it kind of sucked not to have that because I mean, man, that must have been that must have been great for you, Vader, to at least have that like <laughs> held as a, like a surprise. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Um, what I don't I don't quote me on it, but but like the you know classic Dark Souls. I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Quantum Break Dark Souls. There's no you, not usually any um, 
mouth movement when the NPCs talk. Mm-hmm. But Andre still does. Yeah, I love that touch. They kept his mouth moving back from Dark Souls. <laughs> Yeah. Did they really? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't notice that. That's really interesting. Yep, and I and think I've it, just got. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. When sun confirmed. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's interesting because, um, you know, people are talking about. I think the big thing that comes up regarding Andre is like, is the is this pandering? Like, is this like a uh, we're throwing in this reference? And I'm I'm watching Epic Name Bros playthroughs because he's blind, so I know he's not gonna like. I'm still trying to, like, work out some of the mechanics of the game in my second playthrough. So I'm watching his stuff because he knows as much as, you know, I do. At this. He knows less than I do. So he, he's he's really unsure in his, like, second or third video. He's a little bit wary of, like, Andre because, yeah. you know, it's a straight-up reference. It's literally the same, same guy. And, uh, you know, wondering, like, is this a meaningful addition to the game? Like, or is this done for a purpose? Or is this done just to be like, hey, remember this guy from Dark Souls 1 who you probably liked? And um, I, I think I'm very charitable. Like, with the Dark Souls 2 stuff you're talking about, I'm willing to come to a game sort of on its terms, on what it's trying to tell me. And when you tell me the transitory lands of Lothric are coming together and mashing up the lands of the Lords of Cinder, I'm willing to buy that Andre could somehow be there, especially given that, and this isn't a spoiler, but they say, like, in another item description, that Astora was a land closely linked with, like, royal blood. And in this game, royal blood is an important thing, which means that Andre can be here, in my mind. It's it's definitely a little bit of a uh, of a nod. You know, it's it's a little bit of fan service, but I don't think it's bad fan service. I think it's, I think it's fun, and I think it was worth the uh, yeah. chuckle I got out of it, so. I agree. That was good. And he doesn't... It was more of a, like, what-the-fuck moment for me than, a, like, a chuckle moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been other things that have happened since then where there have been serious what-the-fuck moments <laughs> yeah. that we'll probably get into in later episodes that, uh, like... I, I, I hope that there's a real strong reason for some of this stuff besides, like, timey-wimey. Um, and they, they can pull some of these threads together. I'm not negative at all. This is I'm having a blast playing this game. Like I'm not. I don't want to say like I'm not having fun. And all of this stuff is very fun. But like, I hope there's some there's some really good like concrete bedwork under all of this stuff. And it's not just let's put Andre and Firelink because that's what the Dark Souls people want and you know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be a big debate for a lot of these these points in the game. But um, yeah, and I'm I'm very positive about it. So, yeah, I think it'll continue, but I, I think, if anything, the point is just that, you know, obviously, Lordran is just a very important place in the Dark Souls mythology, and for me, having them follow up on elements of that don't seem like a, like a lot of people are putting his greatest hits, but the way I'm seeing it is more like, you get to see what the legacy of these places is, and being a dark fantasy world... That legacy is things get even more fucked up and messed up, and these things that were once forces for good have been corrupted and turned by darkness, and that is meaningful enough for me right now. I need to explore the lore farther to find out if there's even more going on, but I'm 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 currently in support of it. I, you know, at least my first impression. I have seen, you know, you have the honeymoon phase with the game, and I think I'm already starting to see that like you know, then the the critical backlash. And it's not like the game's going to get slammed, but I think that happens every time people's hopes are high. 
is I'm starting to see the honeymoon phase as people complete the game wearing off, and now people are starting to ask, why was this done? Or why wasn't this done? So, I, uh, I'm, I'm sort of evaluating that myself, but I'm pretty happy with the amount of more direct references in the game. Yeah. I, I like it. The, the different, we, 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 they're referring to more... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Charles. There's a lot more ref- referral to Dark Souls. Dark Souls 2 completely didn't refer to any name peep, names. Mm. Like, there were links, but very they were never named, whereas this, there is actual names. Um, and we see that really early on. And, it, and I guess that's what's so cool about um, him being there, is that it kind of shows you that there will be more things we recognize from Dark Souls 1. Um, it's, yeah, it's a foreshadowing what's to come as well. And so it's, it, I like it. I was happy with him. So I interrupted you, Jeremy. What were you going to say? I, I was I was going to move on, so I'm glad you got the chance to make your point. I was just going to say uh, we, we we talked a little bit earlier about the uh, on the outside of Firelink. Um, if you explore around a little bit, there's all kinds of different stuff to find, and we're not going to go item by item or anything. But the uh, the other interesting thing that happens here is um, there's an NPC that's automatically hostile to you, and he as, as we talked about, he's as the Yuki Katana, Uchi Katana, Uchi Uchi Katana. Uchi Gatana. Um, pardon me while I just work out my pronunciation live on a podcast, guys. So, thanks for listening. Come to darkinsight.net for all your pronunciation needs. Anyway, you can kill this dude, get a sword, but uh, I wanted to just call it out because you don't only get a sword, you get his clothes. And um, his clothes mentioned like, that he was like a whirlwind of death and a blade never touched his skin, but it, fortunately it ripped his clothes apart. And I just thought that was like a really... I feel like the item descriptions in this game already like are far and away above anything in Dark Souls One and Two. Like I think they're just great. <laughs> but doesn't that description say that the people like to think of grand stories and give that as an example? But really, it's just a load of rubbish, and he just wears rags. I, I don't. I don't know if it says. Does it say that? I, I don't remember that part. Maybe uh, it's, maybe that's on the sword or something. Yeah, it, imp- it implies re- that I, he's telling a story where he was dodging dodging blows and his clothes went to tatters. But there's sort of an inference that he probably isn't as great as he thinks he is. So, yeah, Re- reread it, Jeremy, and so let me know what you think on Twitter. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> I'll, a, I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, it's a little bit of a tavern tale sort of item description. If I'm just coined to that, phrase, yeah, that's why I read it. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good. Ta- that's a good name. It's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's the guy we we're mentioning earlier. You can yeah. cheese him by kicking him off the edge. Don't do that. It's that's such a lame thing because I mean I mean you can do it and it's fine and I you're talking to the guy who cheeses at every possible point in the game but I actually I only died to this guy once I was using my little butcher's blade and like if I could hit him repeatedly the bleed damage there's a lot more weapons that have like innate bleed damage in this game or at least the the dex weapons I found a bunch and uh, that 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 brought him down pretty fast because I was using the uh, the quick step weapon art. And man, that quick step is—I uh, I mean, I haven't used it for most of the game because I switched over to the Uchi. But that quick step is really good against, especially against like a one-on-one. Like, there's a lot of these like bloodborne style, like hunter on hunter, except it's just like you know undead on undead sort of fights. So that that quick step made quick work of him. I was able to get around him and dodge his uh, his Uchi weapon arts pretty fast. So. 
No, I, I almost got him down quite quickly uh, on my first, second or third go, and I had him literally a sliver of health, and I went to finish him off thinking, yes, I did it, and he parried me. That's <laughs> before I knew that he could parry me. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's fantastic. But what I really oh, like man. about the Ushikatana is it's you can actually finally use it how the katana is used to me to be used. The whole point of the Ujikatana is it's designed for a quick draw. Mm-hmm. It's um, sheath with the curve facing up, so you can draw out and slash down in one fluid motion. And you can actually do that in this game, and that is so cool. <laughs> and that's the main reason I'm sticking with Ujikatana, because it's just... I can use it how it's intended. Oh, it's so good. And playing PvP, you can, like... You put you go on the gun to your stance, and you got it in your sheath, and you just can stalk people, and people just... It's just so cool. <laughs> you just feel like a badass samurai. <laughs> and people just don't know what to do. And like, But you're right, Jeremy. You said earlier that too many people are using it, and that does tarnish it a little bit. Yeah, like it seems to be the go-to... It's almost like it's the Drake Sword, and I, I don't think it, it's as... I don't think it's a trap weapon like the Drake Sword is, but it's very much like, oh, hey, you can get this early, and it's a good weapon, and you can parry, and it's, it's you know, it's one of those things where you're going to just see a lot of people with it, um, which is fine. There's nothing wrong against that. I just, by the time I got to the point where actually I had leveled up my strength index to be able to use anything, I was like, well, I've got this other stuff that looks way cooler, and, you know, I want to go with that, so... Yeah, they, so they, they, um, went they, with the rags, and we went with the katana. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did wear his rags like most of the game. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun. That fight was pretty easy for me. Um, I just, I had soul arrow, right? Yeah. So oh, like, yeah. I could just, <laughs> I just stood back and just cast soul arrow at him until he was dead, and um. He doesn't have a very long leash, so he does that classic Dark Souls thing. You want to talk about like scrubby tactics? Like I should have probably just kicked him off. Um, you could you can run out a little bit, and then he does that thing where like he slowly backs away, and you can like hit him twice with the soul arrow, and he comes running at you, and you're like, nope, I must step back, and then he just slowly backs away, hit him twice with the soul arrow, and he doesn't heal. Some of the uh, some of the ones you find later in the game do heal themselves though, which is pretty fun. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's good it, stuff. It was a cool fight. Um, yes, but we we mastered him. <coughs> But one thing we we talked about um, the blacksmith, and but we never talked about the cool stuff he can do. Sure, yeah. Like, let's let's, get, let's talk about what Audrey can do for you. Um, because we talked, and I think it was an Albeta discussion that we did with you, Jeremy, before you joined mm-hmm. the Dark Insight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we discussed. Oh, that wasn't that wasn't even really. That was just me, you, and um, that sure. was me, you, and Sean. Yeah, yeah the three yeah. of us did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the three amigos <laughs> back. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was before you joined. Pre the... and post Dark Souls Three, nice. <laughs> yeah, um, and we we talked about the Estus Flask because in the beta, depending on the, the class you chose, it varied the the, the, the ash and the normal standard Estus mm-hmm. flasks and how many you had. And I speculated um, that it might be determined on a stat or or some kind of thing like a achievement or whatnot. But it's not. You can actually just alter it at any point at the blacksmith. Which s- is super, super nice. I really like this yeah, whole mechanic. Cool. Like, I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's perfect. It makes you balance. Um, and I guess we, I, we're not going into like deep on some of these mechanics, but like for most people, I would imagine they're not using their weapon skill a lot, so they can probably just not, 
not have a lot of of the Ashen Estes, the Blue Estes, uh, to refill there. What does what does FP stand for? Does anybody know? Like I know it's your FP bar and you refill FP, yeah. but like is it your fight power? Like what what does that stand for? Focus. That works. Fight power. Focus points. Fight power. Flower power. You want to go there? <laughs> and um, what did you say, Sean? <laughs> but focus points. Focus points. Focus points. Of <laughs> Me and Jira talking crap, and you're saying the right answer in the background. <laughs> <laughs> because the whole every spell has an amount of focus usage, and there's stuff. Uh, oh, of why course. Do we go with focus points. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah that, that's cool. um, that's why Sean's but, the law hunter. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> um, because he, he pays attention to what's on the goddamn screen, <laughs> where I cannot apparently be bothered. I read the words. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as a sorcerer, like I, I was really leaning on my blue ash mm-hmm. uh, and. To the detriment of my health, because I didn't have a lot of health potions at that point. I didn't have a lot of Estus. Mm-hmm. So, like, that game became harder for me the more I used my magic. And I would get into situations where, like, I would be going into a boss fight, and I would have one Estus. <laughs> like, one blue Estus. And I was like, well, I'm, I know I'm not going to kill this dude with, like, you know, my one little bar of soul arrows, and they made me another one. Like, that's not going to happen. So, I need to figure out how to get back to a bonfire. It's neat. I, 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 like this whole, I like this mechanic a whole lot. Yeah, and I like that you can, as you say, if you're going through an area, you might want three ash flasks so you can kind of use your magic to, to fight enemies as you go and you're th- through the hordes but then you you know you get to a boss you got a shortcut to a boss you can go back to the uh, firelink shrine uh change it so you have more healing because uh, yeah and I, I think that's cool and i've done that a couple of times i've gone up i'll have two ash while i'm cruising around but with, now i'm on a boss i'm going to have 10 ss flasks and one ash mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. yeah I when I'm co-oping, I, always... um, I usually I usually make those decisions like that. Yeah, like I'm gonna like because they half your both Estus, so I'm like, okay, well if I can get four and four, that'll give me two and two. But on this boss, I'm not gonna be shooting soul arrows, so I'll just I'll just do, put them all in my health, but I'll have four health, like that kind of stuff. It, it makes it really. I don't know why it's fun, but it's actually kind of fun. Yeah. I'm glad I was wrong at speculating that it was attached to a stat. <laughs> I like the idea of attached to a stat, but I think this is cool cooler. Yeah, I, I like how it plays out. I always kept um, I always kept one on me, even though I didn't use it most of the time, just because uh, I I wanted to use my weapon art when possible. And with the Uchi, it, it has its moments, you know. But um, I think uh, sort of rolling into the weapon arts is it. I definitely for my next playthrough, I think I'm going more of a quality thing because uh, the weapon arts in this game, there's a lot of really cool ones, and I definitely didn't even like scratch the surface on some of the ones where I really wanted to try the weapon art because I didn't have the, uh, the strength or, you know, you know, the stat requirements to do it. So I think the, the weapon arts combined with how you're using the FP, it's like, you know, it's, it's nice that it's not just a magic bar. Like there's a lot of really good reasons if as a melee character to bust out the weapon arts, because some of them sound really cool, like throwing flames or, you know, buffing your weapon, just doing a bunch of really cool things. Yeah. yeah, I was disappointed at first until I started getting into yeah. um, like the 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 more unique yeah. weapons, and all of the a lot of the unique weapons have yeah, unique exactly. weapon arts. Like, because but for a while, like you would get an axe, and it'd be like, you know, you get more poise, but you do less damage. And I saw mm-hmm. that like four times, and I was like, oh, did they just do like two weapon arts for each weapon class, and that's going to be it? But no, they they get creative towards the end. So yeah, like yeah. a lot of the, I got some uh, the boss weapons are good. Go ahead, the boss weapons have a lot of uh, really good. Uh, things and so that means you'll be heading over to a, a little lord quite often. I, I loved seeing the different things the weapons could be created from the boss souls. Oh yeah, it's cool that some can be rings like as this. well. 
Oh, oh yeah. his rings yeah. that he does rings not just with and, and oh. spells. Yep. Ring shields, spells, all over the yeah. place. Um, is he here from the beginning? Yep, I think he is. I, I didn't see him at first. Yes. Neither did I. <laughs> yeah, He's I didn't see big. him until, like, way later. Like, I had, like, probably three or four boss souls before um, <laughs> somebody, like, mentioned, like, oh, did you see the item description on such and such? And I'm like, wait, where do you do that? And he's like, oh, the little dude in the chair. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the one of the striking features of Firelink Shrine are these five big thrones. And on the back of each throne are these uh, engravings that tell you the name of the Lord of Cinder... Um, that, that I guess will be sitting there, or that they want, or that they should return home to, or I don't quite know the, the vernacular they want me to use. But uh, on one of these is uh, Prince. Is it Prince? It's not Lorthric. It's uh, the little guy is. Uh, it's little Ludlith, lord. Yeah. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, and he's got like a whole thing with him, but he's basically like your boss soul god. I'm really, I'm really glad that they don't hide this like halfway yeah. into the game or behind something. Like as soon as you get your first boss soul, you can come back here and, you know, sometimes it's like expensive. Like sometimes it's five thousand souls to get something changed into a thingy, and sometimes like I, I got one today that was just zero souls for some reason, and I'm like, I don't know why that is, but sure, I'll take it for free, like no problem. Yeah, and it's it, it's really cool because you get a item description on the boss soul and then if you go to him and read the item descriptions on the weapons there's usually two or three things you can do with the soul so like you get like three or four different little paragraphs of this person this boss's like story and it's Ooh. always fascinating like the stories that they're telling with this stuff is just great yeah. it really makes me wish that Bloodborne had boss souls because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to know more about that stuff Yeah, but anyway go ahead go ahead Vader I'm sorry the, I, I'll, I'll talk to over you that's right um What's, what I actually, this is a little side note, I've forgotten what I was going to say before, but uh, I really like that each boss soul is more unique looking. <laughs> I yeah. know it's really lame, but in the past it's always just been slightly bigger flames kind of look, whereas this, the very distinct, um, I think I've got like four or five completely different looking ones, and that's really cool. <laughs> Super simple, but very cool. I'm a, I'm a simple man. Yeah, I, I, um, I love, I love Ludlith. He's, uh, I was talking about this on Twitter a bunch, but I I love the way he reads that line where he's like he may, like I may be but small, but I'll die a colossus. Like that line, and that is why it's your name. Yeah, just knowing, yeah, just just knowing that, yeah, and it's my name on Twitter right now. Um, just the first time I heard that line, I play that line. I'm a little weird. I play that line every time I go to Firelink. Like I love just hearing him say that because. Just knowing that it's Dark Souls, you're like, what are the implications of him saying this? Like, is is this a threat? Is this, like, foreshadowing? Or is this just him, like, is he just a true believer in linking the flame? Like, I just I just love that line, and the delivery is just so good. And I, I'm, I'm not a big man myself, so, like, uh... I sort of uh, I can uh, I can appreciate his uh, his desire to be a big mighty colossus. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's cool about him is because he is—he looks little and weakly. But what we know of the Lords of Cinder um, from the opening sequence is that they've, they've linked the fire, which means yeah. they've done what we've similar to what we've done in previous Souls games and fought through a ton load of mm-hmm. big ass bosses. <laughs> so he must be a tough little dude. <laughs> exactly, he's he's a Lord of Cinder. He 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 beat the game. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I've I've been following some stories of some lords of Cinder that I've 
come in contact with, and it doesn't sound like they beat the game. It sounds like they maybe lost the game, which I guess is like beating Dark Souls. It's like you didn't really accomplish much because, yeah. man, there's been one in particular. Like I was like, I kind of got genuinely emotional about. It. I was like, God damn, this is. Mm. Mm, I, know, this, I think this is I know. Stuff. Pretty sure I know what you're talking about because gross. And uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, though there's there's stories like no spoilers, but like the my initial inclination that they would have some interesting backstories. I think definitely pans out. Like, and I, it's interesting, you know, because you don't have like you don't have Ludlith, and you don't have the you don't have the Lothric throne shown in the beginning, but you know that's because the game is really about these people who kind of they decided for whatever reason they don't want to take part in this anymore. You know, so I, I just find it sort of an interesting, an interesting thing how they set that up because you think there's going to be like these three things, but there's really five thrones. So that threw me when I first got in the game, like, oh, what do you mean there's five thrones? Because I'm immediately thinking, oh, well, there's, like, four Lord Souls, so I, I'm still not sure how it all plays out, but I'm like, <laughs> the math isn't adding up. I don't quite understand what... But it's a little bit more nuanced. They don't, like, literally try to just carbon copy some of those things, so I, they do some interesting stuff with it. But um, a, sort of um, a, uh, a note I had is... um regarding Firelink is like, like you said, Jeremy, um, it doesn't look like Firelink. Like it's Firelink in name. And I think it's Firelink because its purpose is the same as the original Firelink shrine. It's supposed to be honoring the, the person who links the flame. It's supposed to be a shrine for the next chosen person. And that's why this place is also called Firelink. But, um, it, it looks like the Nexus. It's like a tiny Nexus. It's a pretty big place still, but it's, it's very Nexial in nature because of its, staircases that go around and just uh, it's got the exact same staircase yeah so the whole the, this whole area is like such a it's kind of makes your head spin because you're like well you got andre who is about as a direct reference as they ever get is like this is literally a character from dark souls set in this like demon souls ass place and it and then there's a uh there's a giant there's a tree of the giants out near the watchtower in firelink yep. so you're like it just—it yep. was making my head spin. I'm just like, what does all this even mean? Like, they're literally pulling from every, every other game, for this stuff. So, I I really like the design, though. It does look cool. Yeah, it, I do too. The thrones. There's all kinds out, of um, like the oh, archstones and demon souls as well. The kind of mm-hmm. staggered around a staircase, um, mm-hmm. arching up. So it's yeah. the layout's very similar to Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. There's there's all kinds of uh, little hidden paths and, and secrets in this, and I, I don't want to go through like all of this stuff. Um, but I will say, if you buy, <clears throat> we didn't, actually before we get into hidden paths, we didn't talk about the merchant who um, is just there by default mm-hmm. in Firelink on the way to go see Andre, and uh, who looks very suspiciously like the firekeepers from the very very beginning of Dark Souls <laughs> Two, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but she sells stuff like she sells you like items and some th- some couple of spells, some weapons and things like that. Um, but she also sells a tower key, and it's one of these very Dark Souls things to do, where it's oh hey, there's a there's a key, like it's twenty thousand souls. It's probably pretty important, and I don't I don't want to go into go- where that goes because I'm even though we said we would talk about everything, I didn't get that to way later, and I think that worked yeah. better for me. Um, but like, if you have the funds to buy that key, go ahead, go ahead and buy that key. Go, go check all that stuff out. See, yep. see where it goes. You probably found a locked door somewhere, and you probably want to go, go find some stuff. Yep, yep. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, my um, uh, well, interesting. Inter- 
Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Okay. I was just going to say one, uh, one, and I brought this up elsewhere, but one thing that bugged me about Firelink Shrine is, I like, I love the design and the atmosphere is great, but you know those two little, there's two little, like, corridors flanking, and, like, uh, flanking the sides, their tunnels down on the low level, and there's these sort of little, like, alcoves, like, as you're walking towards Andre, all on the ground floor, and... It was a moment where, um, so I'm, I'm an architect professionally, so I'm obviously going to kind of have an eye for the <laughs> architecture. And, like, there's just these dead-end hallways, and it just, it's it's such a nitpicky thing. But I'm like, guys, I know there's going to be an NPC here now because you put this stupid hallway that goes nowhere. It, it just <laughs> it just kind of bugs me that it's like, it's not how things are built, and if they are, they wouldn't be built like that. So then it automatically, I'm like, oh, yes, this is a video game I'm playing. And I don't like to... At least in Dark Souls, I like to, as often as possible, not think about the fact that I'm playing a video game. So it was one of those, like, it's such a it's such a minor gripe, but, like, I you could go into Firelink, Firelink empty, and you could you could literally, you could put little post-its where all the NPCs are going to be, and they'll end up there. It's just very obvious to me that this place is going to fill out. Whereas, like, you know, like, Majula, for instance, filled out very naturally. You know, there's just people kind of hanging out sometimes in weird spots. And in Firelink, sometimes you wouldn't even see some of the people because they're, like, at these weird locations in Dark Souls 1, I should clarify <laughs> at this point. But, so, that was, it was a small yeah. thing where it felt a little artificial, but that's that, that might be where I'm coming from architecturally. No, I can definitely see that. understand that. No, I, 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 I had exactly the same thing, where you would you would instantly tell, like, oh, there's a dead end. Mm-hmm. There's probably... I need to keep checking this when, after, after I kill every boss to see what, who's going to show up over here. So. Well, interesting about that, the merchant lady, though, is that you said she's like um, those maidens, those red maidens at the start of Dark Souls 2. I actually think she's meant to be uh, kind of a follow-on from, from them. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just some of these things she says uh, to start off with, it just seems to tie into that, and it seems like they were... Because we know that the fire, the firekeepers are still around, or still a part of it, whereas they were sort of keepers of sorts, but they were more jerks. <laughs> they were as nice as <laughs> firekeepers, or as useful. And so it almost seems like she's been... Her order has been kept on, but kind of downgraded <laughs> the order of the maidens have been kind of downgraded to and so that she's just kind of a creator of items now i i think it has actually some 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 tie back to dark souls to the maidens but i don't know exactly what or how to articulate it properly yeah yeah I'm, yeah i'm i'm still very confused about a lot of the the lore stuff and obviously i haven't finished the game yet um so I don't I don't know where a lot of the stuff is going, but like I just I'm interested that Sean because I haven't been watching any, any videos that you say that uh, Epic Nambro is like kind of distrusting everything because that's been my kind of I've been talking to a lot of people on as I'm playing the game and like that's the thing that I keep going back to like I don't trust any of these people like not <laughs> not not just in that like you might kill all the NPCs Lawtrek kind of way from Dark Souls one but like I think these people are actively lying to me and pretending to be something that they're not and I don't <laughs> I don't know if that's 100% true yet but I'm like I, I can't help but think that well it's very typical for Dark Souls <laughs> even I Dark Souls one <laughs> even the good looking the good guys the way of white they're a bit suspicious when you know more about the game 
Yeah. 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 I think it goes to a, a larger point that is a. Um, I think it's maybe from a lore standpoint, and like I've beaten the game, but I, for what I know, there's multiple endings, and there's there's NPC stuff that I haven't engaged with, but. I think one of my biggest things that I'm just, like, thinking about continually as I play the game is, like, how much is Dark Souls 3 sort of further sticking the knife to Dark Souls 2? And I think Dark Souls 2 has a place in the world, and Dark Souls 2 even has, with with um, Scholar of the First Sin, has Aldia, who is an incredibly important character in the world, who does something huge, you know, from a lore and story standpoint. And um, just because of how the game continues to play, and, you know, I, I, kind of, I kind of wish that Dark Souls 2 had more than mostly just references. Because although, like, I feel like they're sort of relegating Dark Souls 2 to being, oh, there was also this land where stuff happened. And not, not that it's like I've seen the annoying phrase like Dark Souls Gaiden thrown around. I don't think it falls into that category but it does like just because i love all the follow-up with dark souls one and like you get to see these things that you want that like at least for me i'd be curious to know what the legacy of those things was but they don't give the same stuff to dark souls 2 and i'm i'm just having a little bit of trouble wrapping my mind around that especially because as far as i understand it a character like aldia isn't a factor in these games and i think that's I think it's kind of an insult to Dark Souls 2, a little bit. Like, it, it at, at my most lore stuff, I'm like, say what you want about Dark Souls 2, but there is some significant lore stuff in that game, and I, I don't know if it is addressed appropriately, so. Yeah, that's interesting. Um... Yeah, we, we probably don't want to get too far into that, because, like I said, we're just covering the first two areas, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I just I, generally I have a speaking, feeling... Yeah. Oh yeah, no, 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 absolutely. You're you're totally cool. I just I have a feeling that like throughout the next like six months or so, like this is gonna be all we're talking about. <laughs> like what about and what about and what about and what about and I, I can't wait because there's so much stuff that I can't wait for everybody to know just so we can say things out loud without <laughs> yeah. spoiling. But at the same time, like I don't I want because I had a couple of crazy experiences that I want everybody to have. So like I don't want to say anything about those either. So it should be a good time. I just wanted to, because I don't know as much as you guys, but I just want to, just that point you're making, Sean. Um, I wonder if it's partly because, just thinking, it, while you were discussing that kind of concept of Dark Souls 2 not being referenced as much, uh, the, the thought came to me that Dark Souls 1 is kind of the start of the cycle, isn't it? And it's really the start. It's the first instance of linking the fire. Um, well, Gwyn is. That's the, that's the mm-hmm. story we're learning as we go through. And we've learned now that there have been multiple fires linked and multiple, I guess, rituals performed of linking the fire. And that's why we have these five lords of, lords of cinder that the intro talks about. So in a Dark Souls 3 perspective, Dark Souls 2 is just one instance of many that have happened. Um so I, I can understand it's not as it's just kind of one in the multitude whereas the Dark Souls 1 is the start of it all mm. uh, does that make any sense? Um, that's just the way I kind oh, of thought about it oh yeah no that makes sense it. yeah and that that's basically where I'm falling with it it just it's a little bit of a bummer because like we like yeah while, completely yeah while you hear about all those other instances and like obviously like Ludlith like there's a place called Coraline and this this guy became a Lord of Cinder or something like that but 
you, yeah, just, you know, Drangleic, like, it was a place where big things happened. And for me, lore-wise, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm getting hung up right now on, you know, I, I hope it's not a spoiler to anyone just to say, like, as far as I understand, I don't see Aldia. And I think that's, that's the part that bugs me, because he broke, he kind of went outside of what the central theme of all these games is, and it's just, it's just, it's just a little weird. His absence is notable. And maybe that's sort of the point of that part in Dark Souls 2. You could ignore all this crap and just leave this history and basically be forgotten because you just can choose to ignore it. Spoilers for Dark Souls 2, I guess. But um, So, so uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of those things as someone who's really focused on the story. I think Dark Souls 3 is like a wonderful way to cap off the series. I think, you know, I think it respects all your memories from like, all your, like, big moments, and I think it takes these huge things, and it, it sort of capitalizes on it with this dark fantasy thing of just showing how much worse things could get, and I think it does a lot of great things, it's like, you know, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows, just in the fact that, you know, I, I do think being a trilogy of games, there is a certain responsibility to address other ones, even if you're, and I think the reason is exactly what you're saying, is Lordran is where it all began so it's it's more important than any other place yep but I definitely I can get behind that yep good stuff do you think um, do you guys have any other thoughts on Firelink or do you think we should wrap it up here um, I just my just thoughts were like because obviously we never talked about the poker sword we pulled out of the the boss the first boss um I've totally forgotten about the poker sword we pulled out of the first boss. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? Why is that? That is interesting. It talks in the description, I believe, about how only the what, what is our character called? We're not the chosen undead anymore. With the the rekindled, unkindled, 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 unkindled. The chosen unkindled. You're the only ones who can act as a sheath for the sword or the mm. poker. Um, and so that's we, that's why it's important is we're the only ones who can actually it seems pull it out from that guy and carry it and relight the fire, mm. which opens up the rest of the game. I feel like that's I, f- I feel like that's a trick though. Like I feel like that's the thing that they tell you at the beginning of Dark Souls One, where you're the chosen undead, and then you get to Firelink, and the Crestfallen says, "Oh, you're one of those guys." Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we've had a lot of you through here. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like. I feel like everybody tries to like. There's a whole lot of unkindled. There's a whole lot of yeah. chosen and deads. Just like there's a whole lot of Mario's apparently. So yeah, you find that pretty quickly as you start talking to other NPCs and stuff, and they refer to themselves doing oh, yeah, the same yeah. quest. Um, yep. So it's yeah, it's it's all very interesting. But I thought that was quite it's quite cool. And uh, you get to mm-hmm. shove the, the mm-hmm. poker in the fire and um, see. So yeah, and I was with Filing Shrine. I always see it. The Filing Shrine we know is a shrine that's above the kiln like the actual where the actual flame is it's it's not actually in where the flame is whereas this shrine is literally where the equivalent to where the kiln or where um, Gwyn is at the end of Dark Souls 1 we're actually in with the first the actual flame and that's that's where I see it as different so I, I don't mind that it's very different mm-hmm. than the, the original Firelink shrine because uh, I've heard people yeah. saying that they're not, they don't like that it's different and it's not. Yeah, I think I think they're going. My, uh, my, my big complaint about, yeah, I, I agree with you, Sean, that they're just getting hung up on it too much. But uh, the 
My big complaint is that the music isn't as good as the other games. <laughs> I, I love the song in Firelink Shrine. It, I, I, I like that one a lot. Which I actually, one? I like the Dark Souls 3 Firelink Shrine theme. It's okay. it's just got that little sad violin. You know, it's, it, I think it's because, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know if it beats it for me, but I, I'm, I still think this, this game has, uh, musically, it's pretty good. And there's a few moments, there is an organ in this game, so that's an automatic win. There's an organ track for a boss, so that's that's big for me. But yeah, I, 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 like, the, I like the theme. I don't know if it beats my original Firelink Shrine theme, just because I don't know if it can have the same memories attached to it. But. Yeah. I don't even notice it, sorry. <laughs> I turned it up to 10. Well, let's, um... <laughs> Yeah. Turn it up to 10. <laughs> I always turn the music up to 10 in these games. Uh, I've liked what they're doing with the music. They're obviously doing some Bloodborne stuff with the music mm-hmm. where, like, because, uh, you know, as things move, if things happen in a boss fight, they're going from, um, like, this like, kind of a nice, simple melody to a big bombastic thing mm-hmm. when something happens. And it's, it's interesting. I, I like it. I'm not sure that I'm really into the soundtrack. I haven't, I haven't... Like I've got, I've still got all my collector's editions junk. Like I've got the strategy guide mm-hmm. still wrapped up. The soundtrack's way over there on the other side of the room, so I can't look at it. Like I don't want to. I know. I was looking at Twitter, um, and I saw that Cliff like looked at his map that he mm-hmm. got with his guide, and it, it spoiled like a pretty major thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't look at your maps if yeah, you're trying to get trying to go in that. completely blind. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah. Well, speaking of well, click, I think that... collector's editions oh, maps, sorry, ahead. I always interrupt while we're winding things up. Um, <laughs> I noticed that my collector's edition looks different than the US one. Yeah, the Euro- you must have the European edition yeah. that has better stuff in it. That's the yeah, better Because the European edition has a cooler art book. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's much cooler. I'm, I'm very jelly. Yeah, my art book's <laughs> massive. It's the trilogy. It's the art book for the whole trilogy. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Yeah, and ours is very tiny. Yeah, I'm going to probably try to find one of those on eBay at some point because mm-hmm. I don't really want the whole thing. Like, I just want that book. So, um, Yeah, and the map is actually worn. I saw the American one. It's just a big square fabric, whereas mine's oh, like the, the edges are all worn <laughs> and burnt and... Oh, that's nice. And tattered, cool. so it actually looks like a, a old fabric map. Nice. That's really cool. So, yeah. Finally, something good to be in New Zealand. <laughs> 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 it just cost me an extra got... $30, $40. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, well, that's been our spoiler section, which is not much of a spoiler section, I know, because it's just, you know, the first two areas of the game. <laughs> but, uh,. Thank you for the people out there that are listening, and uh, we, we really appreciate it. We'll haven't really talked about how we're going to proceed with this, and we'll definitely be talking to Cliff about it for the next episode, which will be in a couple of weeks, um, about how much of this stuff we're all going to talk about and what we're going to say and things like that. But regardless, I think we'll probably try to keep the spoiler warnings pretty active for at least the first month or so to give people you know plenty of time to talk about it, because I'm sure in two weeks all of us will have finished the game. So. Um, well, thanks for tuning in, and you can find more of this episode at darkinsight.net. Sean, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at the Lore Hunter on Twitter, or you can visit my Dark Souls 3 blog at darksoulsthreelore.blogspot.com, and you can find the uh, my own blind playthrough impression series posted up there, or and you can get to YouTube through, through the website. So. Nice. I haven't had a chance to to listen to your impressions video, but because I was trying to go in as blind mm-hmm. as possible, but I'm I'm interested to get back into it as soon as as soon as we I finish this game. I have a whole lot of content about it to consume. <laughs> okay, yes, so. send in your thought. <laughs>
Good Vader, stuff. what about you? Where can they find you on the internet? Um, yeah, I'm Vader Van Oden on um, Twitter, YouTube, and whatnot. Um, I, yeah, I was going to try and do a Let's Play, but I, yeah, so many out there, and I'm too busy playing it myself. So I've just done, I've just done a few videos just in, showing people the starting classes. You don't have to start nine different characters to check them out. I'm just going to do some five-minute videos of them all, so... And hopefully they get the people enjoy them, but I'm enjoying making them because <laughs> I get to try out all the yeah, characters. You're a, and I I guess I haven't really been paying attention to Twitter a lot, but like you named one of them after me, yes. you named one of them after Cliff, yep. and then uh, there's I, one named after somebody at the Chomp Chain podcast, yep. Big Daddy Chomp. He's the Northern Warrior. Big Daddy Chomp. Yeah, yeah. Chris Mosier. Very nice. Um, so I've th- I'm three in, three classes in, and three so in. Okay. Just showing off the move sets because all the weapons are very different. So just showing off the move sets and what gear they have and just the descriptions um, and their stats. So it's very simple, five minute long videos. Um, yeah, cool. It's fun. And uh, you can you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer, and um, you can find me on YouTube at not ECEC, and probably links in the short show notes for all the stuff we talked about. And you can find the podcast at darkinsight.net. Thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on.